0: Live from the NHL Draft in Nashville, presented by Cool Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus.
1: Hey, good afternoon from the NHL Draft in Nashville, folks, and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you, and, uh, well, we got lots to talk about. It sounds like... (laughs) The PLD deal is pretty much done. We'll give you an update on that in just a second. Uh, And it should be a great time to talk Jets. Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press is going to be jumping on the program. But we're also going to get ready for tomorrow's round one. The prospects spoke earlier today here in Nashville. A little bit of media availability before their big night tomorrow. And Stephen Ellis, of daily face-off, is going to join us live here in Nashville coming up in hour two of the program. But, Needless to say, these reports of the uh, imminent deal of Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be the main topic today on the program, as well as what's next for the Winnipeg Jets. Great to have you all with us uh, our entire week here in Nashville, presented by our great friends over at Cool Bet Canada. And Pat Gregoire is actually going to join us with the latest on NHL draft odds towards the end of the program as well. Uh, I do want to thank... All the sponsors, in addition to our draft week presenting sponsor, Cool Bet, that make this show happen every day. Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, BP and Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, uh, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, Modern Man, of course, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Golf and Country Club, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, and the great taste of Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. Michael Remus, how are you? Uh, you know what? Often the timing has not worked out well for Winnipeg Sports Talk mm. in the past. Big news being uh, dropped at 3 30 p.m., right after we finished the live show on YouTube. Not today. Marat Atesh, our uh, pal, who I believe is going to join us live tomorrow at the head of this one, 12 13. So just in the last 45 minutes, Marat tweeted, I'm hearing and Los Angeles and Winnipeg are closing in on the Pierre-Luc Dubois deal looks imminent with Gabriel Villardi, Alex Iafalo, the two pieces that Dave Pagnotta told us about yesterday on the program here on WST and former 2018 first rounder Rasmus Campari as key pieces from L.A. Still a couple deals to report. Um, and we're hearing that part of this is salary cap related because the nature of a sign and trade deal with the Kings working on an eight-year extension for Pierre-Luc Dubois, We'll get to the details in a minute, but uh, things are starting to happen. Yeah. We knew it would likely be early on this week, and uh, very very soon we might be hearing those words that everyone's been waiting for.
2: You mean, we, we have a trade to announce. To announce. <laughs> You're going to want to hear this. <laughs> Is it too early for that? I've been waiting <laughs> to do that like since we got in Nashville. It's the only reason why we're here, so... Um, Remus upgraded the roadcaster just so he could have a special
1: sound effect to do the Gary Bettman we have a trade to announce. And that sounds like we're just about
2: there. You know, Frank Cervelli on his show Daily Faceoff earlier today said that this thing was on the 20-yard line in the red zone. Sounds like we're now, I don't know, ready for Dakota Prukov to come in and smash it in from the one. Welcome it, back, Dakota. Yeah, welcome, we will hit that as well. well welcome, welcome back. What, so, a, what a
1: brilliant, brilliant segue there. Thank was, you. Yeah, that was Anytime that was you could
2: combine. So we'll wait and see what happens. But uh, it's kind of surprising to know that, you know, the Jets, even though they were doing a sign and trade, they have to be cap-compliant if they're signing him to this eight year deal and, um, and LA is going to have to be under the cap as well. So we're waiting for all the details to come in, but, um, it's going to be sad when, you know, we have this Dubois drama logo and we're not, oh. we're not going to to use it anymore. I don't know what we're going to have to do us.
1: You know what we might be able to do is, um, potentially change it to silver and black.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: And, then, um, you is. know, co-opt it. You know what? The fourth period, guys, have been very good with us. This could be... We'll give it to, to Dennis Bernstein and the guys. And oh. If PLD does, demands a trade to the Habs in a couple of years after signing his eight-year deal, we will just give it to them as a gift from their friends
2: here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Well, someone did comment in our... YouTube comments on yesterday's show, which was so well viewed. Thanks to everyone who came in. We had like over 400 likes, uh, over 5,000 views. It was so awesome to see. But someone commented, does his contract come with a MMC, a must move clause after three or four years? Because that seems to be the trend with Pierre-Luc Dubois. But for the Kings, they're looking for um, you know a center to go in. I guess he would be their number two center behind Kopitar pushing Dan O to number three and make them very deep down the middle. And for the Jets, if this trade does go through, uh, Gabe Velarde would be the centerpiece, but I think you also get nice um, players like Alex Iafalo, who's really played up and down the lineup. With the Kings, he's got two more years left at 4 million. And Rasmus Campari, a former first round pick in 2018, who had 15 points in 66 games last year, nine and 11 with the Ontario Reign, and, and interesting to note, Valardi and Campari are both RFA, so uh, nothing. The deal's not done, but it seems, but as Murat said, looks imminent. Yeah, here is some of the uh, some of the feedback that
1: I'm just looking at the comments on Murat's tweet, and uh, you know the <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, there's the we have to mention. You know, all the Habs fans, and I'm sure some of you Jet fans or anyone that's tweeted about this been getting it for weeks, maybe months. The Jets are screwed. He's coming to the Habs for free in a year. Um well, apparently that doesn't seem like that is going to be happening. And no, Dvorak
2: and a second round pick was not going to cut it. It's I just yeah, I just want to say like our comments yesterday was you know, some I wrote in a comment to someone like Montreal wants Dubois at clearance price. They're not willing to pay full retail. They're looking for a steal and um you know, I guess the Jets could have done it last year and but they held out and I think this if that is this if this is the trade, I think this would have to be a win for Kevin Shovel day off. But again, the deal deal's not done. And it's funny, I hear oh Montreal doesn't have The pieces. Well, they have the pieces. They just don't want to trade. (laughs) They just don't want to trade. Like, they could trade Kirby Doc for Pierre-Luc Dubois and it would be done. But they didn't want to do that. And I don't blame them because you look at L.A., they're in the playoffs. They lost to the Oilers. They're already in there and they're looking to, you know, go a bit further. Montreal's way behind the pack. They don't need to be making trades. They're picking fifth. They They picked
1: first last year. Yeah,
2: they don't need to be making (laughs) trades for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, it's really great to have a French, you know, Canadian player on your team. You know, who's always dreamed of playing for Montreal, but as far as their rebuild timeline, it's not, doesn't match up. Maybe in four years, um, with the Kings are going down and Montreal's trending up, then they can do a swap. Um, but for the Kings, they need, you know, this gives them a boost for, for this season and, you know, eight years. And for Dubois, he gets that retirement contract he's always been, been talking about last year, eight year deal. He's not going to say no. We'll see what the AAV is. We don't know at this time, but, uh, that, That's what we're looking at right now, according to uh, Murad, who's tweeting. Well,
1: and listen, I mean, there are so many Home Depots in the greater L.A. area, I believe, as he dropped the the, uh, map of that yesterday. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the L.A. Galaxy might actually play in the Home Depot Center. So, listen, this could be a great fit for uh, for, for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who uh, gets to go to one of his preferred destinations. Um, but what's most important for everyone watching this show is it seems like the jets got some pretty good value in a tough situation. I'm just looking at some of these huge L for LA. They don't have goaltending. The Kings are going to regret trading both Villardi and Ayafalo. Um, you know, there are some Habs fans that are quite happy about this, that that's good. The Habs don't need that huge contract in term and the players, they would have to give up, stay the path. Um, but overall, absolute fleecing by Winnipeg. Another one, absolute fleecing by Winnipeg, praying that this deal falls through. Um, again, everyone's got a take on it. It's not even official right now. But if this is the package, which has been reported, Dave Pagnotta yesterday on this program, Marat today, um, Gabriel Velardi, a former 11th overall pick, breakout season last year, under four more years of team control the key centerpiece of this deal will walk in and be a will be a top six player immediately uh once signing a contract obviously as an RFA um and, and then alessiah follow and Alec follow is a player from talking to folks here and certainly you know some of the guys that that, that um, follow the Kings um one of the more underrated defensive players in the league I actually saw a very interesting compilation of uh, someone I believe it was maybe Jay Fresh, that was putting together. Uh, a cap compliant team of the best defensive players in the league. Um, And Alex Iafala was on that. No, again, he's got $4 million left on a two year term. Who knows whether this is a long-term player for Winnipeg, but certainly a guy that does have value. Another asset for the Winnipeg jets that can hopefully help this team win some hockey games this year. And, you know we'll see what that future is beyond this season but uh, for and then Campari a young player that you know was a first round pick obviously has talent has put up big numbers in the American Hockey League level um that you know will presumably get a chance to maybe play a bigger role here in Winnipeg and Often you see guys like that, Remus, that you know our first-round picks that for whatever reason don't get an opportunity or don't make the most of that opportunity on their first stop. Certainly, Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Jets, will hope that if his Campari is part of this package, he'll come here and uh, maybe flourish in his second stop in the National Hockey League. When it didn't quite happen in L.A. on a, on a pretty good hockey
2: team. Yeah, and you are talking about Montreal to Dubois. I think that, I think we can officially say the Montreal to Dubois ship has sailed because. We have a trade trade to announce. announce. You're going to want to hear hear this. (laughs) This is a real trade right now. Now I get to use that thing for real. Uh, The Habs have acquired Alex Newhook from the Avalanche in exchange for first and second round picks. That's number 31, so that was Florida's pick, and number 37 overall. I'm kind of surprised that uh, Avalanche would trade away Alex Newhook. You need those young players, and I think Montreal, maybe they realized they had too many picks, and we can get a... A guy who's who's here, uh, you know, playing the NHL right now. That's an interesting one. I think Colorado, they're still looking to replace Nazem Kadri. They didn't go as far this year as they would. I think a lot of that is from injuries. but um, I think if the Habs are doing this trade, then you know, is that their the center that they were looking to acquire? and the ship on uh, Dubois has sailed.
1: Well, things are really picking up right now. Um, You know, uh, as I said, an imminent deal as it is being reported by uh, Marat and uh, Darren Drager and a number of others with the Winnipeg Jets and the Los Angeles Kings with Pierre-Luc Dubois as the centerpiece, Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iofalo, Rasmus Kapari being the reported players coming back to Winnipeg. Ken Wee was the one. The first put out that he believes that Jansen Harkins will be part of the package going the other way and potentially another player. We will find out what that is. But true to Kevin Cheveldayoff's MO, um, they were looking for NHL players right now. This wasn't going to begin a complete teardown of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and certainly Gabriel Villardi not only comes in and, you know, will help the team win right now, but I mean the, what is key, and this was, you know, behind any package that came back to Winnipeg from my perspective, there needed to be some team control in turn because you don't want to get in this same situation being unable to sign a player and having to go through this all over again, uh, at least with the key spot. We'll find out more about Alex Iofalo, um, you know, and where he might fit into the long-term future of the Winnipeg Jets, but at least it's not something that they have to deal with right now. And, you know, these individuals will come get a fresh start in a new spot and, uh, you know, hopefully enjoy their time in Winnipeg and, uh, you know, be part of a team that can uh, actually maybe overachieve as opposed to, you know, some of the teams that in many fans' minds has underachieved over the last couple of years that they've been going in the wrong direction. Um, The other part of this, Remo, as you mentioned, you know, now with the the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, I think this is very, very clear right now that, you know, the Habs know that this is done. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets have probably told Montreal, you know what, we appreciate, we appreciate all your time on the phone, the conversations that we've had. Uh, it's not going to get it done. We're going with the Kings. And um, presumably Kent Hughes, and credit to them, had a plan B if they were not able to get Dubois for the price that they were willing to pay, um, and they go and get new hook. And listen, this team is picking at fifth overall, but they also had quite a bit of draft capital. And, you know, the Florida pick, which was 31st, and the 37th pick, which is an early second rounder, which in this draft... I think has a lot of value considering how deep overall it is assumed to be. It's a pretty nice haul for Colorado who of course just got Ryan Johansson at half price from the Nashville predators on the weekend.
2: Yeah. Colorado didn't have any picks because they've been trading them away uh, for contending. So they get additional additional picks and um, I don't know if they're going to flip those for more or, or make them, but um I'm I'm surprised. I don't know what uh, Newhook's contract situation was, but I thought he was like a young guy who's going to play a role for them going forward. And so uh, this is just happening literally this second. I mean, we had another trade before we started the Kevin the Kevin Hayes trade, but um, Newhook. I, I'm interested to see what uh, the, what Avalanche look like uh, heading into next season.
1: Yeah, uh, this is great. Listen, uh, we're uh, pushing what 800 in chat right now. Welcome to everyone that's uh, live with us right now on YouTube. If, if you have just found us, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, we're live in Nashville for this week, presented by our great partners at Coolbet. Um, but we're here, rain or shine, 1 p.m., Monday to Friday, live on YouTube. Make sure you hit the red subscribe button and join us, and hit that thumbs up while you're at it. it helps us spread the channel. And, of course, the audio version of Winnipeg Sports Talk also available. Just go to wherever you get your favorite podcasts Put in Winnipeg Sports Talk, hit subscribe there, and around 3.30 Central every weekday, the fresh audio content will be in your inbox, ready to go just in time for your drive home. Um, As I mentioned, great to see everyone here. and I mean, there are so many comments, Uh, but let's just get to the why not question of the day right now from Not Autocorp, Overly, Waverly, and McGillivray. You tell us. Uh, If if this is the deal right now, and again, we don't have, I mean, there could be and are reported to be potentially another piece of a player in the Jets organization going back to Los Angeles. But this has been a long time coming, folks. If it is Pierre-Luc Dubois, Harkins, and another minor piece coming or going to L.A., not to Montreal, to L.A., for Gabriel Viardi coming off a breakout season, four years of team control, Alex Iafalo, two more years on his contract at $4 million, and... RFA 2018 first round Erasmus Campari. Where are you on that? Hit us up in the chat where Winnipeg sports fans come to talk on our why not question of the day. What's interesting about this ream too, and and again, just for folks that just got here late, what we understand and what's being reported by Darren Drager, why this trade has not been announced and official right now is that this is and was always going to be a sign and trade. Um, You know, the Kings... And the uh, and Pat Brisson presumably probably have a framework of their contract already, I would imagine. But here's the thing: for the Winnipeg Jets to pull this deal off, if they sign Pierre-Luc Dubois and trade him, they would be over the cap. I understand. So there are some things that need to happen. Now, one of the things that could be uh, could be an out for the Winnipeg Jets ream is to buy out Blake Wheeler now. This is, of course, during the buyout window. They do have that. And that I would not rule out that being part of the solution. Um, But as they say, we'll pay attention on this. Mike McIntyre is going to join us in about 20 minutes or so on the show. Um, And I'm sure Mike's been digging around on that as far as how that will all work. But um, one down and a lot to go. And, I mean, if this is – obviously, we're going to talk more about the players coming here, hear from them over the next couple days. And – at some point, here from Kevin Chevaldeoff. I will say this, and maybe he'll get some slack from people um, because he was not, it was one of the very few general managers that was not scheduled to speak today. I got a message last night that Kevin Chevaldeoff wouldn't be available today, but Mark Hillier, their director of amateur scouting, would be available in between prospect interviews today. The timing didn't work out for us, it was early in the afternoon, obviously. We're busy right now talking to you and talking about this potential trade. Most of the other GMs, and we were going to have Rennie on, he's running around between Brad Treleving and uh, a couple of other ones. We'll certainly hook up with Rennie and Murat, I'm sure, tomorrow on the program. Um, But I'll tell you what, if Chevalier doesn't have enough time to speak to the few media are here because he's making deals right now, I think we can live with that. We certainly will hear from Chevy right off the bat. Let me ask you this, though. We've talked about this for a few months on this show. I mean, we have two years worth of mileage on the Dubois drama logo. If this is the way that we expand, we expect it is the way that it's done.
2: What do you think about the, uh, about the return considering the situation that the jets have been in? I think if you get, you know, they said they wanted to get um, players who could help them in the lineup right now. And I think Villardi (laughs) is a really nice key piece. who can help you moving forward. And I follow as well. Look, you get two years of him, and who knows what Rasmus Campari, maybe you could get a bottom four. We've said for a while that the Jets need to improve their bottom six scoring, and I think they've done that here while getting a, a nice replacement for Dubois. Um, I prefer would prefer this one to any trade uh, with Montreal, you know, the with the Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak. <laughs> here, take trades. some of
1: our shitty contracts and a late yeah. pick and uh, and feel lucky about it.
2: So we'll have to wait and see. Um Wait and see what happens. You know, again, nothing is finalized, but that is I put up uh, what you you have an idea of what's being reported. So uh, we'll wait for the final word. Maybe there'll be a Jets press release uh, right as soon as we hit sign off.
1: Uh, By the way, uh, fans, if you look at my Twitter, um, there is a gif of Pierre-Luc Dubois with a flute of champagne doing a little cheersing. Full green light to dropping that one as a response to any Habs fans that's trolled you about how screwed the Jets have been for the last month or whatever. That <laughs> have screwed you. Uh, and let's uh, say, well, we'll see what happens. That is, that is full. All you need to do is just put in Dubois, and it will uh, show <laughs> Is that it right there? There you go. So cheers to PLD. Thanks for the memories. And um, you know what? Listen, I mean, I, we also have to consider that this is the end return for Patrick Laine. Um, And is re- re-signed with the, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, at the end of the day, we will see how this works out long-term, how Gabriel Artie turns out. Gabriel Ardy turns out as a Winnipeg Jet. His term of service here in Winnipeg, Alex Iafalo Campari as well. I will say, though, I have to admit, um, that given the circumstances and certainly the perception around the league of what the Jets were going to have to accept for PLD, considering his contract situation, um, it seems like this, you know, the Winnipeg Jets have done a pretty good job. And for that matter, Remo, you can understand why a deal like this took so much time. And for everyone that was very impatient over the last few days, I think that there was some grinding on both sides and you saw some of these reports that, Oh, Montreal has re-entered the chat. They're coming in uh, at a certain point, you know, you need to have, um, you need to have patience, but you also need to have courage to hold out for where, for what you wanted to get. And I'm sure at some point when we hear from Kevin Shevelday eventually um, about the moves that, uh, that, you know, he's in the midst of making right now, as well as some of the details That was something that is very key. And I'll say this as a principle of the Jets organization, they cannot allow themselves to at least be perceived as you can be pushed around and taken advantage of right now, because Canadian teams like Winnipeg are in a really tough situation. We're seeing it happen in Calgary right now as well. And um, you know what, to be able to come out of this looking pretty good, considering what a lot of people expected was going to be a big L for the Winnipeg Jets. I think, uh, I think there's reason to, uh, you know, to give credit where credit is due. And um, obviously, I think be pretty happy with the way that, you know, this return looks. um, Considering, you know, the other thing that could have happened is Pierre-Luc Dubois just being here for one more year and... uh, no, know, not being open. So uh, maybe we should thank Pat Brisson too. A, for giving us all that content last summer, and then being open to a signed trade that didn't involve just giving him to the Montreal Canadiens for 50 cents on the dollar.
2: Yeah, well, I think that it, you look at, again, Montreal, it just didn't fit their, their timeline, and they didn't want to give up anything significant. And the Jets looked at those trades. They're like, we're not doing that. They didn't give in to uh, any pressure. And so here's Darren Dreger, you know, tweeting this morning, um... Oh yes, he says. Hold on, where was where was the one from early this morning? Where basically he says P L D uh, prefers. Oh,
1: that. <laughs> okay, where was <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, P L L A has. So this was from this morning where you thought, okay, yeah, this is moving close, and it is. Here's, here's the, the tweet, tweet. and it is. is. Indications are, are the Canadians, Canadians have, have tried, tried to get back, back into the mix, mix for Dubois, but, but haven't been able to gain traction. Montreal has future assets, Winnipeg, Winnipeg needs NHL-ready players. LA has that, and, and it, it appears PLD prefers the LA, LA option. So I don't, I don't know. know. We, we we talked last week how Paprosin is friends with Luke Robitaille, who's the president, uh, and you know maybe they were able to convince him. Hey, you know PLD, you know you like restaurants, you like nightlife. You know, Montreal, there's going to be so You're much. you big
1: wheel PLD. You're an L.A. guy. Come on, PLD. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the
2: palm trees, the movie stars, Hollywood, this is you. Yeah, you don't want all that pressure in Montreal. I mean, you can go anywhere you want in L.A., and no one will be able to recognize you. It's nice weather all around. I'm sure there's a lot of great selling points on L.A. Uh, to PLD. You know, he likes basketball. You know, he played in the same building as the Lakers. I'm sure there was so so many things. Will he be a Laker guy
1: sell- or a Clipper guy?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, like, well, LeBron plays for the Lakers, so I'm going with I'm going with uh with the Lakers. I no guess. one likes the Clippers. <laughs> They're trying so hard. Brass Falls, Blake, I suppose
1: P.L.D's openness to other teams has earned him a tribute video. Absolutely. Yes, you know, yes. what? it also earned him happy birthday greetings from yes. the Winnipeg Jets as well, even with his uh with him uh, with his foot out the door. All right. Um, listen, this is just the start of things though. And again, we'll wait for official confirmation and that might not happen during the program. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, talk more about Mike, about what he's learning about happening behind the scenes, what needs to happen cap wise. Might that include a buyout of Blake Wheeler to, um, to make this happen now, um, as well as what's happening on the contract side of the Winnipeg jets. But if you're just coming in right now, once again, I'll read you Murat's tweet from, Just before we went on the air, the L.A. and Winnipeg closing in on the Pierre-Luc Dubois deal looks imminent with Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iofalo, and 2018 first-rounder Rasmus Kapari as key pieces from L.A. Still a couple details to sort, um, and he also had to believe Jansen Harkins could be on the move. That, of course, Kenny Weeb talked about that, and I thought that was some... Shrewd, either digging or speculation from Ken, uh, considering where Harkins um, found himself at the end of last year with the Moose, although played his ass off and did very well in the uh, in the American Hockey League. Um, we still have got to get to Hellebuck. We've got to get to Shifley and much more. Uh, but let me just give a quick shout out to our friends at Modern Man Barber Shop. Of course, eight locations now in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway and Plessy Road. Modern Man Barber has got you covered with a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look and make an appointment via ModernManBarber.com and give them a follow on Instagram at ModernManBarberShops. going to be a hot, long weekend, folks. Why not... Make 2023 the year you take the plunge with Aquatech. Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team will provide an on-the-spot pricing from designers and financing options that suit you. And hey, whole home rentals start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let them upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech's ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua tech ca you know potentially with three new members of the winnipeg jets coming to town in velarde ifalo and kapari um you know they're going to be getting new homes they might be getting some new toys especially even in the summer if they need batteries you know where they're going to be going over to see donnie and the gang at manitoba battery they'll learn very quickly that not only will they be supporting local and shopping local but they'll be saving big money over the big box stores and uh the most convenient purchase around because Manitoba Battery is going to deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg inside the perimeter for any purchase over 60 bucks. Uh, they just finished the boat battery blowout sale, but they have incredible things for the summer when you're spending more time with the kids. You don't want to deal with that. Give them a call or get online to manitobabattery.com all of your summer battery needs waiting for you. It'll be on their way to you for free when you support local and shop over at Manitoba Battery. And now, uh, tell you what, a Canadian club and ginger ale. Canadian club, of course, proud sponsors of us and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But we're going to cheers one to Marat, to Ken, to Mike, uh, and of course, Frank, Darren Drager, everyone that's been chasing this story as it comes to conclusion. Um... With the, uh, with the end of Dubois drama, of course, Canadian Club is Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey. You can pick it up at your local Manitoba liquor marts. And now with summer here, no better drink than the pre-mixed cocktail, Canadian Club and ginger ale. Grab that at a bomber game next time you're around or at your local beer vendor as well. Um, all right, so Mike McIntyre uh, is going to join us <clears throat> in just a couple minutes. We'll get into this on uh, you know everything Mike's learned and uh, you know how this deal <clears throat> has got to the finish line, the players coming back, what might be holding up the official announcement of any trade, um, but we're also going to be getting to what is next with Connor Hellebuck and Mark Scheifele because uh, as exciting of a transaction as this is for the Winnipeg Jets, this is just one of. A number of issues that Kevin Sheveldayoff's got on his plate today. And uh, our pal Frank Saravelli, the DFO guys are down here as well. Frank was talking about that earlier today, and he's been quite busy. We hope to maybe have him tomorrow or Thursday. But we've got a couple clips from the Daily Faceoff show earlier today. And uh, no surprise, Reem, that the Winnipeg Jets, even on shows outside of the market like ours, um, are basically at the top of the rundown list when you talk about trades. He went over the PLD trade feeling that, and I tweeted this out earlier, that he felt that they are in the red zone. And he reiterated what Darren Drager said, that LA was PLD's preferred destination. So all that to go. But it has been considerably quieter on Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley. Um,
2: do we have, uh, we've got the, uh, the Frank clip? I do have that. Yeah, I do have that. So I'm just texting with with Mike. Uh, oh, he says, and he also says the Jets' schedule is coming out at 2 p.m. today. Mike. Oh, so, excellent. Well, that's got... a
1: little bit more stuff for us to talk about in the draft. So but let's get to this clip from Frank because I think a lot of people are wondering, uh, you know, what does this mean for the Winnipeg Jets and the Connor Hellebuck deals? But listen, before we even get to, you know, the effects of this trade on another trade, <laughs> I think the big question is, we haven't heard a lot about Connor Hellebuck. Um, and you would maybe normally feel that a Vesna Trophy winning goaltender, that of course was a finalist for the trophies that were handed out here in Nashville last night, might be getting a little bit more traction. Maybe it's just a case of they had to get Dubois done first and then move on to the next one. Um, but I think there are some challenges more so with Dubois. Here's what Frank had to say on Daily Face Off a little earlier today. And this is about Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, this is about Helly
3: question that I've been asking myself over the last week has been, okay, it's great that teams like Connor Hellebuck and crave that consistency in net that maybe really only five or six net minders in the entire league can provide you that kind of security as you put your head on the pillow if you're an NHL GM. Okay. The thing for me is, who can afford to pay him $9 million for the next eight seasons or whatever the number ends up being on their cap? I think the list is, is very small. And I also think that because Connor Hellebuck by virtue of, you know, the situation that the jets are in Hellebuck Shifley um, to a lesser, or maybe to even a greater extent, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who we'll talk about, they, they control the trade destination because no one's going to trade for them without knowing that they can sign them. So I think the pool is already pretty small for the jets. But then for the Jets to extract significant value from that, it's uh, it's going to be really difficult for Kevin Shevelday off to pull off.
1: All right. So there's Frank Cervelli on the Hellebuck situation. And I guess from a Jets perspective, the first thing I'll say to that while true is that sounds familiar because that basically was the exact same situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, uh, you know, from all the reports, considering what the Jets have been faced with. They're looking at a pretty good return for uh, for Dubois. Now, Hellebuck is a little bit older, certainly more established, and you know at the most important position in hockey. So you do know, Riemel, that there is going to be individual teams that will be interested in. Um, the big question, and I was just speaking with Joe Yurden in Buffalo before we uh, jumped on the show today, about Buffalo as a potential landing spot. Um, the problem with Buffalo is I think there definitely would be interest there, how long do they want to commit? And does Connor Hellebuck want to commit there? And I think much like what's happened with Pat Brisson, I mean, the best case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets was having multiple teams that he could be traded to in terms of a sign-and-trade. And listen, Hellebuck's got a year left, so they don't need to actually execute a sign-and-trade for this. He can sign an eight-year extension with any team that you know has his rights as of July 1st. But I don't think the appetite to pay the Winnipeg Jets price will be there for a team that doesn't get the uh doesn't at least have an agreement or a framework of an extension with Connor Hellebuck.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize, Huss, that every trade in the NHL you have to make with a pending UFA, you have to have an extension in place. I guess you'd like to, but if a team, you know, doesn't want to pay the nine million and they want to try to win the Stanley Cup next year, well or this year, well, he's only six million this year. And if you're a team, I don't know, Carolina Edmonton, who else needs a goalie? Uh, Pittsburgh, I don't know what they have, would have to trade, but there are a number of teams that could use a number one, a bona fide number one goalie and and trade. Maybe it would uh, reduce the return, but look, what did Ben Sherrod get at the trade deadline <laughs> from Florida? Like we've seen some crazy trade, trade deadline deals. So teams are prepared to give up assets for a player if he can help them win, um, you know, when they have an expiring contract and I kind of agree with Frank, you know, you've seen The last couple of years, teams go with, you know, Darcy Kemper and Aiden Hill uh, winning the cup. And do you want to pay a goalie who's over, going to be over 30 uh, for eight, you know, eight years, $9 million? That seems uh, kind of crazy. I don't know if that's something you want to do. Maybe you do a five year deal at that. So, um, well, and, but the one thing too, there are a lot of other good free agent goalies. Available and there's also UC Soros who could be available. <laughs> yeah,
1: well the Jets might be in that market, so uh yeah, they're, <laughs> maybe that's a good that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, um, well, and j- sorry, you look at free agent goalies like what you had the two from Carolina, Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta. What do they want to go back to? Lauren Brossois, Tristan Jari's a free agent as well. Here we have Cam Talbot although he had a pretty down year last year, so there definitely are goalies available if you are not interested in you know paying assets to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois.
1: You know, well, just one quick thing on uh, Alex Kerfoot, because I noticed that Kerfoot was on that free agent list as well. And of course, if you're just popping in right now, apparently the Canadians have turned around with the news that Dubois is headed to L.A., uh, albeit not official yet, and turned around and acquired Alex Newhook, who I believe is a Newfie, uh, which is actually a great connection. Certainly, you know, be, that'll be big for fans in Newfoundland to uh, see their... Here, young guy, got to go to the halves. But for the 31st pick, Florida's uh, Florida's uh, draft select pick, as well as the 37th pick in the draft, um, I'm not sure what that deal looks like. But I think in the end, Montreal gets a player that will also fit in, you know, sort of age-wise with that core moving forward, um, but probably won't have to pay the amount that... Um, uh, the amount that, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois was asking for on that eight-year extension. So we're going to get to all of that coming up with Mike McIntyre in just a minute. Um, hey, you know, just because Mike's going to come up right away, let's just quickly play this uh, Shifley clip from uh, from Frank as well, because I- I'm going to probably want to refer to it when we're talking to Mike. Um, and Shifley, and listen, I- I've been asking everyone that I've talked to around here, I mean, you know, they're asking me about the Winnipeg Jets. and The one thing that we hadn't heard a lot of is A lot of smoke around Mark Shifley. Maybe that changes a little bit once the PLD trade is officially complete. But uh, here's what Frank had to say on DFO earlier today on Mark Shifley's situation and potential interest around the league in the Jets player who is a pending UFA at the end of next season.
3: I don't think the Jets are interested in taking money. I think they feel like his value is already at a surplus compared to what his cap hit is. 40-plus goals last year coming off a career-high the center market is interesting. Like you've got a bunch of teams out there that are looking for a center, and certainly it might fit some cap schemes too. Like take Shifley and put him on the Detroit Red Wings, yeah, and say, okay, he slots perfectly under Dylan Larkin now in terms of cap hit, and then you can bump Cop down to the third line or have him play on the wing. And Shifley and Cop, of course, would have played together at some point. So that's one team that I think is, is, is out there. I think the Dallas stars, they don't really have the cap space, but are interested in that, that center market. Um, Columbus, you know, I don't know that he's destined for Columbus because again, you, you've got to re-sign the player. That's yeah. the other part of this. You're not trading for this guy unless you're re-signing the player. So certainly something to keep in mind.
1: Report from our pal Frank Cervelli over at daily face-off from earlier today. Looking over and seeing over a 1,000 of you joining us here in chat right now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Great to have you with us. Hit that red subscribe button and join us. We're here every day, 1 p.m. Central, Monday to Friday. And, of course, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, put in Winnipeg Sports Talk and subscribe there as well. Of course, WST in Nashville at the NHL Draft presented by our friends at Coolbet. We will hit the lines, draft lines a little later on. We're also going to have Stephen Ellis from DFO jump on. With his thoughts on the first round, he joined us a few weeks ago. I know he was talking to the prospects today, a little clearer idea of what we maybe can expect tomorrow. Uh, but we've got Mike McIntyre from the Free Press coming up right now. Do want to give a big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, who've been on board with us for a long time. Vita Health has great prices on natural and or organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's best selection of local products too. And of course, it's barbecue season right now. Looking for great, delicious, healthy meat. Get on down for some delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks. And be sure to check out Garden of Life formulas like Prostate Protect or Once Daily Men's to help support men's gastrointestinal health. to Help Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Uh, Wallace & Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists since 1946. If you need the property and security and protection of a new fence, or if winter did a number on your old one, they've got you covered with vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. And if it's time to replace your garage door, Wallace & Wallace has Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 452-2700 is the number. The Wallace & Wallace team will arrange the time to come out and give you a free estimate. You can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Fellas, how's the closet looking? You'll be seeing a lot of interesting looks at the draft tomorrow night. I'd imagine for local products that are, you know, going to hear their name called, they probably went down to F Apparel because F has custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Wedding season's here. You need a uh, if you're in a wedding party or one in the future, talk to the F gang about a 15% discount for wedding parties. They're down at 190 Smith Street. Check them out and make an appointment or check them out online at F, that's And hey, hot outside right now, blizzard season, the good kind is here in Winnipeg. Get on down to one of four Nick and Nicky DQs and jump into all those great summer blizzard flavors. Nick and Nicky have DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Neverville. And of course, if you... Do you want to get something custom made for a party? DQ Ice Cream Cake, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba, and they'll get you hooked up for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. All right, Uh, we've got an impending Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. We've got lots of other interesting notes to get to around the Winnipeg Jets. Let's get Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press in. Mike, uh, busy show, and it sounds like uh, at least... The number one thing on Kevin Sheveldayoff's list is about to get stroked off. What's going on? How are you?
0: I'm doing great, uh, fellas. I wish I, could, uh, I wish I could be with you in Nashville. Uh, I've got my own teenager who's going to be walking on a big stage tomorrow night, oh. which has kept me in Winnipeg. My, uh, my lovely daughter, Isabella, it's her high school uh, convocation uh, this week, uh, and that goes down tomorrow night. Uh, at the same time as round one of the draft. So, uh, otherwise, uh, I would have been down there in uh, in Music City with you. Um, but, look, there's a draft every year. There's only one high school convocation for uh, for our one and only daughter. So, uh, looking forward to that. And, of course, I'll have one eye, at least, uh, on what's happening uh, in your neck of the woods tomorrow night. And, um, yeah, it would be nice if Kevin Day off gives us a little pre-draft action, and it's certainly looking like that's the case. I think we've all expected, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, we, we know he's getting moved. He's not signing long-term in Winnipeg. It's just a matter of time, and in a way, time is starting to run out here. And, you know, it sounds like Pierre-Luc Dubois has made his decision. They're down to kind of the finer points. And as you guys just talked about, the fact that Montreal went out and made you know they kind of smashed glass in case of emergency, uh, in pivoting to uh, to finding a center, a young center that they obviously were in the market for, not the one that I suspect many Habs fans thought they would be landing. Uh, but that that right there tells you that you know they're out of the running. Obviously for Pierre Luc Dubois, they've moved on, and it's just a matter now of uh, kind of crossing the the Ts and dotting the I's and putting the final package together. And it will be very interesting to see exactly what is going each way. I know a lot of names have kind of leaked out here. Um, And certainly, again, we'll wait and see the final package. But kind of judging based on what we know is out there already, I I think it's fair to say that Kevin Chevaldeoff, you know, has made out pretty well. Uh, If he's, if, if in fact, Gabe Velarde, Alex Iofalo and you know rumors of a third player coming back as well um you know that's that's a pretty good return for a guy that could have walked for nothing in a year obviously the Jets weren't going to let it get to that stage but again circling back to Montreal and the belief that it was Montreal or bust we've talked about this lots over the last few months if it was Montreal or bust the Jets were boxed into a corner uh turns out that wasn't the case and obviously that has driven the return up which is good news for the jets.
1: Yeah, Mike, um listen, we'll talk about, you know, the subsequent Habs move and other things for the Winnipeg Jets, but from, you know, what we're hearing from from Draeger um and a number of others, what's happening right now um is contract related because this yeah. is planning on being a sign and trade where Winnipeg signs him to an 8-year deal and then trades him what can you tell us about the cap implications of that and what might need to happen um, to make this deal happen once pen to paper goes on Dubois' eight-year extension with the Winnipeg Jets?
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. I know Drager has said that you know, there may be, you know, even for the Jets, it may be a tricky scenario with the cap implication. Now, one thing is clear, Haas, this contract that that he would be signing I mean, he's under contract technically until July first, or I guess June thirtieth, right? His current contract, and he then becomes an RFA without a contract starting on July first. So my understanding is, whatever deal he signs with the Kings, if it's if it's in or the Jets that gets moved to the Kings, um, as it's still in the the company of the Winnipeg Jets before the trade is actually enacted, that contract wouldn't actually kick in until Saturday july the first now if you look at cap friendly and i go there all the time the jets are showing right now that they have about 12 million in cap space projected for next season i guess one of the issues is there's only 15 players that that you know that that applies to not a 23 man roster i am no capologist that's what they hire that's what larry simmons does for the jets and every team has one um so I'll defer to those who are a little more in the know than I on on all things numbers. But I I wonder, Huss, if money is going to be a crunch here because let's say there's a 8-plus AAV on, on Dubois um, that's potentially going to put the Jets over. Now, you can also go over in the summer by 10%. But I do wonder if another move is going to have to be made first, and that would be Blake Wheeler. And we've talked about um, a Blake Wheeler buyout or trade that is imminent. And, you know, I wrote a, a piece last week. My understanding was, <laughs> and, and certainly people close to the Wheeler camp have been told, uh, that he's moving on. So he knows he's done as a Winnipeg jet. And it's just a question of pulling the trigger on that. <laughs> is it possible that that happens before the Dubois trade so that some money is cleared again? I, I don't know all the intricacies of the cap situation and how, again, with July 1st and how that works exactly. But it's clear that there's, you know, a potential little hurdle that would have to be overcome as well. Uh, yeah. By the way, shout out to Kenny's Water Bottle KWB with the nice little super chat. Ten bucks for
1: the thousand in the chat. Will ten dollars help the Jets be cap compliant for the PLD trade? <laughs> Anyways, great job, great content, Winnipeg Sports Talk KWB. Thank you very much for that. And thanks to everybody in chat. If you just jumped in, welcome to the program. Hit that red subscribe button and join us daily here. Um, Mike, overall, I mean, as I said, you consider this. I think has to be seen. As uh, you know, all things considered, with the situation that Kevin Chevalier found himself in heading into one of the most pivotal weeks in the history, certainly of the Jets 2.0 era, um, making out quite well. Reportedly, it's three forwards coming back. Um, yeah. What uh, What do you think? What 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 now happens? How does this affect potentially the Hellebuck situation? And, uh, and of course, Mark Shifley's availability um, to suitors in a similar situation as Dubois with one year left, although already having signed a contract at a, at a number that looks pretty darn good when you think about 42 goals in six straight
0: seasons before last year, a point pointy game play. Yeah, I mean, one team I keep coming back to when we talk about Mark Shifley is the Boston Bruins. And I had heard last week that certainly a, a packaged around Mark Scheifele that could potentially involve Jeremy Swayman coming back and other pieces to the Jets was something that had been discussed. And it's interesting, Haas, that yesterday the Boston Bruins went out and cleared some cap space. Now, I know a lot of people think that's part of that is to take a run at re-signing Tyler Bertuzzi, who they really liked uh, after obtaining him at the trade deadline from the Detroit Red Wings. But Tyler Bertuzzi uh, may have a lot of suitors. I see the Florida Panthers are a team that is also very interested in him. Uh, and so there's no guarantee by the sounds of it that Boston is going to be able to lock him up. And in addition, Huss, I see it was reported just in the last half hour, uh, Dan Rosen actually tweeted, and Elliot Friedman retweeted it, that the Bruins are operating under the assumption that Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci will not be back next season. That's a lot of holes at the forward position For the reigning President's Trophy, Uh, you got, and I know Taylor Hall was like a third liner last year, but he was a big part of that shutdown line they had. And a former Hart Trophy winner, you take Bergeron, Krejci, and Taylor Hall out, they're going to be in the market for some offense. Uh, They're also going to have some money to spend. And so you wonder, and again, it, it just goes back to, I think, what you and I have talked about in the past, that it feels like there's so many connected pieces for the Jets here that one thing may lead to another may lead to another. So we talk about, you know, what the Jets might get back for Pierre-Luc Dubois. That may be to fill holes that are going to be created because Mark Scheifele has moved on, but what they get back, maybe that fills a hole that Connor Hellebuck is going to create. Um, And then there's the blue line and, and, you know, what, what may happen there. And of course the Jets have been linked to Travis Sandheim of all players you know, we've discussed the seeming the log jam that the Jets already have. If they were to bring in Travis Sanheim, I mean, who's going out the door to create that room and that cap space? So it just feels like there's so much right now that is potentially tied together. Uh, and I think once one kind of domino falls, we may see the other pieces start to come into place here
1: yeah, yeah and, and listen, I don't believe Boston uh, Boston has their first rounder. I mean, they uh, went all out um, you know at the deadline and you know have, have made a number of moves. but yeah, um, I you I believe speculated yesterday. I mean, you couldn't help but notice those moves that Boston made, including moving a guy like Taylor Hall out, who, to be honest, signed, I think below market value. Yes. With the Boston Bruins to sort of be on a contending team, <laughs> and they're like, hey, I mean, hopefully he's excited to play with Connor Bedard. I mean, I guess that's the that's the the bright side of it on a team. They'll they'll certainly get plenty of playing time. Um, but you know, the, the Swayman possibility I think is really intriguing um, because if Hellebuck is traded, I mean, there's no one team that the Jets will trade Hellebuck to that can give anything close to the goaltending piece back. So as we've speculated for a long time, Mike, I mean, a lot of these trades sort of been, they're intertwined in some ways. And the clarity on the Dubois trade, I think, allows them maybe to get a little bit more aggressive. Um, But the reason why I bring up Boston, you know, not really having a lot of draft capital um, to pop in, do you think that a hellebuck trade if made before tomorrow night, might include the Jets getting another pick in the first round. I know they've been steadfast. They want NHL players coming back. But I think that was more to say, hey, listen, we're not going scorched earth and trading everyone. Um, But considering where the team is and looking ahead to the future, I mean, uh, Detroit has two picks in the first round. And I've always thought that Detroit might make sense for Hellebuck and certainly might be a place where he considers staying
0: long term. Um, What do you think about that possibility? Absolutely. And I think the Jets, whether it's a, another first rounder or even has a second rounder, which Winnipeg doesn't have, they traded their second rounder, uh, which would come on Thursday this week. That was part of the Brendan Dillon trade a couple of years ago. And if you look at a lot of the mock drafts and I did my own draft preview the other day. So I feel I've kind of got glazed eyes. I feel like I looked at every mock draft that was out there. There there's a lot of good players like really good players that people think could be first rounders that are still going to be available in the second round. And and a big part of me wonders if the jets at the very least, aren't making a play to, to get a second round pick. And I'm curious to see. And one of the things I had heard the other day on the Los Angeles Dubois front is that the jets were pushing for a second round draft pick as part of that deal, and and I, I'm curious to see if that ultimately is part of the the return. Now, L.A. the other day, they went out and acquired a second round pick, but it's not for this year's draft; it's next year's. Um, that's in the Sean Dersey. It wasn't Coyotes pick, which is a borderline first round pick in most borderline years. <laughs> first. But again, next year. But L.A. does have uh, they have their own second round pick this year. Um, which would be, you know, a bit of a later second round pick, but you know, it's possible. And, and so if the Jets wanted to get into the second round this year, um, by the way, Boston, I just looked the Boston Bruins, they don't even have a second rounder this year. They don't have a first rounder and they don't have a second rounder. So they don't even pick till the third round. Um, so not a lot of draft capital there. They do have some young players um, in their system that, you know, are, are have a lot of upside. And again, you know, you wonder what it, a potential deal there, if, if Mark Shifley was involved, could look like. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're the Jets, um, you're trying to mortgage or trying to manage the present and the future. And the future is always an important part of of draft and develop organization like Winnipeg. And I, I'll say this, Hus, it's a part of the organization that they've kind of got away from a bit in recent years. After going to the Western Conference Final in 2018, and I get why they did it. They felt the window was wide open. They made some pretty aggressive plays and they moved some draft picks uh, in, in you know, to try and obviously bolster what they thought was a lineup that was close. They didn't get close. Uh, but the result is there hasn't been a whole lot in the last few years. Now, obviously, there's some really good young players. Uh, Rucker McGrory, Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert, Elias Salmonson. Um, but I think the Jets would like to add more to the prospect pool in addition to obviously trying to compete, you know, this coming season as well. So uh, I think we're going to see a bit of a mix of both. And it, it certainly looks like the package that will be coming back for Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, might might do a bit of both. Th- there'll be some immediate help with guys like a- fallo and certainly uh, Gabe Velarde, but also, you know, another young player potentially, maybe a draft pick, maybe a prospect. So I think they're trying to strike that that balance.
1: Yeah, and uh, I do believe the Kings have 54 in the second round this year. Um, so again, Correct. I, Yes. I mean, that, you know, the, the addition of Campari, I mean, uh, you know, because Dave Pagnotta, I mean, he nailed it yesterday. He said Ale- Alex Iafalo, he said Gabe Velarde, and another player from the Kings roster, that would be yeah. Rasmus Campari. Not sure whether there's another pick. And I guess the other intrigue, Mike, I mean, uh, you know, had tip to Ken who, you know, uh, you know, kind of reported on the weekend that he believed yeah. that Jansen Harkins could be. And I guess, well, we'll had tip because we believe that's going to be the case. I guess we'll get clarity when this is made official. But I do wonder, um, you know, considering what is coming back to Winnipeg, if there might be another piece from the Jets side of things um, going to L.A., um, and obviously, we've talked a lot about the logjam on the blue line. Um, there's some there's some potential players that you know could be there. Logan Stanley, I think, would be one of them. Yes. Um, uh, obviously, Billy Hainla, potentially, uh, you know, another player. And this is just me completely speculating right now. But we've heard enough that it would not just be P.L.D. and reportedly Harkins. Um, so that to me, quite interesting as to. You know what the uh, the other shoe on the Winnipeg side of things to get this haul coming back to uh, to the peg.
0: I I agree. I think there's going to be a third piece, and um, I can tell you, uh, Huss, in in speaking to some people connected to the Jansen Harkins camp, um, they are waiting. They're on pins and needles because they they are hoping for a change of scenery. There was certainly frustration from Jansen Harkins last season that he felt he didn't get nearly enough of a look with the Winnipeg Jets. Now to his credit, he went down to the American hockey league and he lit it up. He played he was, his ass
1: off. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if there was any did. worry about him having a bad attitude or not producing, he did. And he showed himself, frankly, Mike, as an NHL player. Um, there's a lot of guys that are sort of tweeners that'll go back and forth. I think him in his second run with that Manitoba Moose team after kind of, first of all, establishing himself as a regular NHLer left a lot of doubt. And I mean, you know, whether he makes that team or he's a depth player, I think he really did himself a big service with the way that he played with the Manitoba Moose to probably barge
0: into this conversation and get him into one of the inevitable deals the Jets were going to need to make. For sure. And again, you're looking at it from the Kings perspective. They've got to manage their own salary cap situation. Jansen Harkins would make a lot of sense because he's a player they can plug in their lineup, you know, in in a bottom six role. And he's not, you know, he's close to the league minimum uh, and they need players like that. Obviously, if they're going to be paying Pierre-Luc Dubois, for example, you know, nine million dollars next year and for the next seven after that to play for them. They're going to need some players that are close to ELC level contracts, who are also capable. Because don't forget, LA's not in a—they're not in a rebuild here. They're—they're they're loading up, right? They're a team. They've been to the playoffs two straight years. They're loading up for a Stanley Cup run. So they're not just in the happy to be here stage. They think they can compete. So they need players that can help, but also be be very cheap against the cap. Um, as for that third piece, I mean, I've heard a couple of potential names. Um, it's interesting that Kapari and, and Kapari could absolutely uh, be the third piece. I'd heard a, a different young player that, uh, a few days ago that uh, possibly the Jets were looking at. Um, but, you know, so we'll see exactly how that plays out. But as for Winnipeg's third piece, I do wonder if someone like Logan Stanley could be that third piece, um, you know, for a number of reasons. he By the end of last season, Hus, there was just no room for him on this blue line. And I'm not sure that's going to change going forward. At the same time, he's still a first-round draft pick who has some tools that are obviously very intriguing to other teams. And you wonder if the LA Kings, again, they're looking for depth, they're looking for cheap, um, if that could fit the bill. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, But certainly it appears that this is a multiplayer deal. Obviously, though, the, the big spotlight would be on PLD Gabe Velarde and to a slightly lesser extent, Alex Iofalo, although he's no slouch either. I mean, and he's, he's a guy that the jets could certainly plug in, um, in the, in a top nine role who, you know, he's a very consistent producer. He'll score you 15 ish, maybe 20 in that neighborhood. And there's a lot to like about the player. And one thing the jets like is that he signed for two more years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's another asset that's coming back. I mean, you know what we'll eventually down the road, Mike, do a trade tree of the Patrick a deal. <laughs> um, and, and listen, it is sort of a legacy trade for Kevin Cheveldayoff, And that's why I think there was so much pressure on Chevy uh, you know, to hold out, make the best of a bad situation and come out with something that, you know, he can look at the fan base and say, we feel good about this deal because let's face it, he, there's no trade that he will be judged on more over the long term, regardless of what happens in the future than that trade and making the most of the return for Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think was absolutely, uh, was mandatory. And to be honest with where the team is right now, you, you, listen, there's a lot of people, myself included, that hated the fact that Patrick Lina was traded and, you know, maybe you wish you could go back the other way and do it. However, if Alif Fowlok becomes a big part of this team for the next four years, minimum, or excuse me, Villardi. uh, you know, Iafalo is a player. I mean, even if he's not going to be extended, um, you know, that's a guy that would have big value next year, the following year at the deadline, a- and then as far as you know, potentially um, Kapari and you mentioned Stanley. I-, I mean, I really sort of think the du- the core of this trade is Iafalo and Villardi for Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, yeah, but both Stanley and Kapari are sort of, you know first round picks that haven't really maybe lived up to their potential so far in their first spot. And, you know, we see change of scenery trades all the time. Certainly, I think Winnipeg would rather have a a player in that situation that could potentially turn into something up front, which is where they need it much more than a crowded blue line already that needs to be figured out with potentially a player or two being moved out.
0: You want a little breaking news, Hus? Now, uh, don't get too excited. This isn't uh, this isn't Pierre Luc Dubar related. As we've been talking, the NHL schedule just went out. Uh, just came out. We now I can tell you, if you want to know when the, the Jets will open the, the, yeah, so the the Jets they're actually going to open the season on the road. Uh, Wednesday, October the 11th is their season opener. They're going to visit the Calgary Flames for a grueling one game road trip. Uh, starting Wednesday, October 11th at Calgary, and then they come back and they will open the home campaign. La Saturday, Saturday, October 14th, a matinee, an afternoon tilt, three p.m. against Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. Oh no That'll way! I guess I'm
1: here for the, I'm here for the flame. I'm here for Florida. I mean, and Maurice coming back. I was hoping you were going
0: to say the Los Angeles Kings, Mike. Well, funny you say that. Guess who the second game of the season at home. Get out. Tuesday, October 17th, the Los Angeles Kings and likely Pierre-Luc Dubois will be coming to town. And Huss, that is followed two nights later, Thursday, October 19th. The reigning Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. What a homestand. Florida, <laughs> Los Angeles, Vegas, the first three home games. That is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, Balls and the Boys up in the uh, production uh, unit better get working on a tribute video for Pierre Luc Dubois. It'll be much nicer because he did the sign and trade, or we're expecting the sign and trade. And I'm personally. Very, very happy that you just mentioned that the team starts and it's on the road on the 11th because the Chiefs are playing the Vikings that weekend before and that's Thanksgiving weekend, I believe as well. So uh, anyways, we will have some time over the course of the next day or so to do a breakdown of the uh, of the schedule. But uh, for Jet fans and uh, Fans around the league, if you want to check that out, available right now. Um, Mike, what most intrigues you about the next 24, let's call it 28 hours uh, as it pertains to the Winnipeg Jets before picks start coming off the board, starting with Connor Bedard tomorrow night?
0: Well, I think, you know, there's a few things. Blake Wheeler, there's there's going to be some resolution to his situation. I, I know they've been trying to see if they could find a trade partner with some salary retention. Hus, I just don't know that there's much of a market for that. You, we've seen the prices. I mean, Boston basically gave Taylor Hall away for nothing. Um, you know, Kevin Hayes was basically given away for next to nothing today, and that's with, you know, significant salary retention and i think we would all agree there's a lot more game left in taylor hall in 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 um kevin hayes than what blake wheeler probably has in the tank so i i think a buyout is likely inevitable and again you you have to look you know if you're the jets you probably want to give blake wheeler at least a little bit of runway here to maybe talk to other teams ahead of july 1 right i I think the jets want to do right by wheeler I think part of that is demonstrating the fact that they didn't buy him out prior to last night. You know, he was their King Clancy nominee. I suspect they wanted to let the awards play out before they get down to what's going to be a pretty uncomfortable piece of business. Uh, Because, you know, whatever you think of Blake Wheeler, this is a guy who's laid it all, all, all on the line for the Jets organization. He's been the face and some would say the heart and soul of this team for many years. Uh, But so I think there's going to be some resolution on that. I do wonder if Hellebuck, you know, I I think they've got to clear up what's happening with Connor Hellebuck before Saturday, because if not, like, you've got to fill your, your goaltender hole, right? You don't have a guy at the ready to step in, in the organization. So if you're, if you're trading Connor Hellebuck, either you got to know that you're getting a goaltender back, either from a trade involving him or another player, or you're taking a swing in free agency on Saturday, and so I, I would think we'll get some clarity on Hellebuck as well. Mark Shifley, he's the one that I could see maybe getting kicked down the road a bit, and there's maybe not the same urgency there. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're, they're not going to want to try and get you know some resolution to that. Hus, um, I had someone whisper in my ear the other day, not not literally, but do you think? Mark Shifley could end up signing a long-term extension with Winnipeg? You and I we have kind of waxed poetic a little bit <laughs> about that. My answer to I, that is no, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, All caps, no. I I I still think it's more likely not, but you know, the more it drags, you wonder if that's a, you know, Mark Shifley talked about how much he loves Stevie Y who played his whole career with one team uh Paul Maurice once proclaimed they were gonna build a statue of him. Dale Howerchuk has a statue here. Yeah, that was fake He's news. Much- <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, um, I don't know what to tell
1: you. I, we've got we've gone through this the last couple of years. We saw the way things ended last season. Oh, I know. He was moved to left
0: wing. It would be the definition of insanity Rick in a bonus, lot of ways, for
1: like, sure. Like bones would not listen, I-, I don't think it would be healthy for any of the parties involved. Now, he is an asset like. Luke Dubois, you know, has been for the Winnipeg Jets, and they're going right. to need to do right for the team going forward. But I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think the appetite is there on either side um, to make that happen. And if that is the way that it went down, it would either be the combination of lack of trade interest in suitors um, and really Mark Shifley and his agent realizing that maybe there's, you know, not money out there elsewhere. But yeah. uh, put it this way, I just think the time – is, is overdue for a change of scenery for Mark. And, hey, listen, I mean, he still has numbers that can back up. I think his reputation's taken a little bit of a hit. And I do think when he's traded, you know, people might be surprised at what comes back. Um, that it isn't more because of what he's done, but like look at where he is, what he's going to cost on his next contract, presumably, or hopefully from a Shifley side of things. Um, that being said, I won't rule out him starting the season here. And I yeah. don't think that's preferable for the Winnipeg Jets. But if they don't get what, you know, if Kevin Chevaldeo is nothing if not, you know, stubborn when it comes to holding out for value. And I mean, he has to be in this market and in this situation. And listen, if they can't get it right now, you know, could he? Could I see a path for him to come back and start the season? Yeah, I could. I think yeah. it might be a little uncomfortable for him. I think Rick Bonus probably would prefer it to go the other way. But a player like Mark Scheifele, he's going to be playing for a contract. I mean, let, let's not overlook that. I mean, he Absolutely. has every reason to do everything he can to be as attractive as possible to other teams. Um, and if it took a little while, or worst case scenario, waited till the trade deadline. I think that I could make an argument that Shifley on his contract at the trade deadline might get them more than it would right now in the off season. But there's a lot that goes into that. And again, you're taking a risk at what that does. If you really want to move on as I've framed it as jets 3.0, Paul Maurice is gone. Blake Wheeler is going to be gone. Mark Shifley is a big part of that as well. And they want to rip the bandaid off and truly try to create that new culture. I think it's going to be tough to do with 55 involved.
0: By the way, Hus, um, what are the odds? I'll put them at seventy percent that once Blake Wheeler, if he's bought out, that he signs with the Florida Panthers. What? Maybe we'll get a Blake Wheeler. Maybe we'll get Blake Wheeler for the home opener, uh, and just get everything out of the way. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't. I would not discount it given Paul Maurice, and we nope. know what he doesn't Blake mind a veteran player, vice versa. Um, So can you imagine if uh, if the Jets get Blake Wheeler and the Florida Panthers for the home opener, followed by Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Los Angeles Kings for the second game at home, followed by the Vegas Golden Knights, the team that has knocked the Jets out of the playoffs, you know, twice now and gotten to the Stanley Cup final, most recently winning it. That would just be the storylines would be we'd be we'd have to have four hours of Winnipeg sports talk every day that Week leading up to that homestand, no, no doubt about it. Um, Mike, you know what? Uh, and uh, you know, Stephen Ellis is
1: going to join us right away from uh, from Daily Faceoff to uh, talk a little draft. Just before we go, um, are you able to uh, sit here on the air and own it for voting Connor McDavid fifth in heart balloting <laughs> yesterday?
0: I, if if I if I would have done something, now I'll say this, Hus. <clears throat> for a brief second of panic, I went back to my email that I sent like in early April (laughs) to make sure that I hadn't somehow cut and paste something by accident. And a sense of relief quickly washed over me when I realized that, no, I had Connor McDavid right where he should have been, which was number one. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. You've probably been on the air since it came out. The, the, phwa pro hockey writers Mm -hmm. association as we always do every year the ballots have now been publicly released i i released mine last night as the each pick was or as as each award was being announced i was tweeting out exactly what my ballot was i believe in full transparency so does the organization thankfully and so the culprit has been identified (laughs) contrary to a lot of folks who believe that it was a boston writer given that uh, David Pasternak was the other. Yeah. I was like, does Jack vote. Edwards have it a vote? Not,
1: that was the first thing I had to
0: say. <laughs> it was not a Boston writer. It was Seth. I'm going to. Oh, the name here Rorabaugh. Who, let's just say his ballot every year is is a bit of an interesting perusal. Uh, I have not seen, uh, he's getting roasted on Twitter, as you can imagine. Oh, you don't see. Uh, I have not seen him post anything yet explaining his move. I'll say this. Uh, if you want to vote David Pasternak ahead of Connor McDavid, I don't get that. And obviously, 195 of the 196 of us who voted, they didn't get that. But if that's your prerogative, okay. But how do you not have Connor McDavid second? How do you have him fifth? That is just mind-boggling. Hey, he's in
1: Pittsburgh. He's been watching a real leader all these years of Sidney Crosby and Doc McDavid a
0: few points because of that. That's all I can think of, Mike. I'll I'll say this. I believe he also didn't have Eric Carlson on his Norris ballot. I'm not talking about first. I'm talking about on his ballot at all. Um, you know, the guy that won the Norris that just had the The historical 100-plus point season, I don't believe he had him in his top five. Um, Some interesting decisions there. Uh, Mike, listen, thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, Lots
1: going on uh, around the Winnipeg Jets. And, of course, uh, this next 24, 28 hours and and even more heading into the first round should be really interesting. I know uh, you and the gang in the Winnipeg Free Press will have plenty on this, especially on the Dubois trade. As soon as it is a uh, official. Thanks so much for doing this, dude. Enjoy. uh, Enjoy the rest of music city. Stay hydrated. (laughs) You bet. You bet. It certainly (laughs) will. It's my specialty. Um, Here's a tweet from Drager. The PLD trade technically is a beast. All involved are still working on the contract extension because of cap issues. Expect the jets to make another move, likely buying out Wheeler. Still moving parts. So uh, there is the latest on that. Um, listen, we've got a special guest joining us right away. Just before we do that, got to give a big shout out to our friends at Princess Auto. Uh, mentioned right off the bat, <clears throat> I think it was Remo with a very nice Dakota Prukop reference. Um, big news this morning from the Bombers. Dakota Prukop signed, just left the USFL. He's back and uh, Piggy T, uh, Tyro Pigrom, who was uh, the uh, flavor of training camp, wasn't able to get into the end zone in week number one. He uh, unfortunately has left the t- left the club um, to make room for Dakota Prukop. Of course, Princess Auto sponsors all of our bomber reports here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And don't forget, a week Thursday, I believe the seventh next action for uh, the <clears throat> Bombers at home. I wouldn't want to be the Montreal Alouettes this week, the one Canada today. That being said, Princess Auto Tailgate Zone opens two hours before every Bomber game. 350 pop, 350 hot dogs, $5 beers. It's the place to be before all Bomber games. Princess Auto, proud sponsor of the Blue and our program right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, consolidated Supply as well. Great sponsors of ours and great guys helping Winnipeggers and Manitobans. With, as the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and golf carts, both new and used as the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba, and other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And, of course, the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them at the Consolidated Supply Showroom, open to the public. Spicy Joe and the gang will be waiting for you. They're at 1395 Niagara Road East. And, of course, you can find out more online at cte.ca. All right, we don't have official confirmation of this deal yet, but when it is done, who's going to be the first to get a Gabe Velarde jersey? How about Alex Fallow? Well, listen, if you're looking for Jets gear, the best in bomber gear, all your favorite teams, not to mention teams from around the National Hockey League and the world of sports, Royal Sports is that spot. The ultimate superstore at 750 Pemina Highway. And of course, as we... Look to make the most out of summer as well. Soccer, baseball, softball, disc golf, tons of bikes. Royal Sports really has it all. Pop by and see him at 750 Pemina Highway. And oh, by the way, you can also get, <clears throat> excuse me, your Winnipeg Sports Talk gear, including hats and the uh, new bomber version of the WST1 as well. And hey, uh, big shout out as well to our friends at Boston Pizza. Bombers, if you are staying in, it's going to be hot on the weekend and looking for a great spot to gather with the gang for the Bomber Game in Montreal. No better place to do that than your local BP. Enjoy ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, and gourmet pizzas. And the latest from the BP feature menu. Staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Special guest live in studio with us. Our pal Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff.
4: What is up, man? It's great to see you. Yeah, nice to see you in person.
1: How uh, Just before we get to at uh, the draft, I know we were getting ready for the show here and monitoring all the Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, things going on and, of course, the pending trade. You got a chance to go down for the annual uh, Meet the Prospects. You've been... Watching these guys play for a long time. Uh, How did the young men do when uh, meeting the media today?
4: It's kind of cool to see because, like, a lot of times when you get to talk to these players, it's, you know, after a game or or in the middle of a tournament. So they're kind of focused on other things. It was nice to see guys. Like Will Smith and Zach Benson and Adam Fantilli just kind of be chilled out, you know. At this point, they can't do anything to help their draft stock. It's, they're done. they are just got to focus on what's happening. And they're all just kind of taken in the moment. Like, d- d- there's a lot worse cities to host a, a draft than Nashville. This place <laughs> is awesome, especially at nighttime.
1: Yeah, no, uh, you're, uh, <laughs> you're not far off on that. There was the awards last night, the NHL after party, and I imagine that... Tonight will be uh, another real fun night. Then it's going to be busy though, because of course we got the first round on Wednesday, and then it gets back going again in the morning the next day. That turnaround of those two days, uh, it really is significant. Um, you know, I know you've been here for a bit. You've been talking to a lot of folks, both in the industry as well as you know guys that you know have a pretty good read on what teams are doing. You getting any sense right now, is there buzz on? I mean, I know this is not going to change your rankings, but are you getting any sense that there are some uh, real movers right now, guys with a little steam at the most important time heading into the first round? And uh, uh, you know, on the other side of things, is there a
4: guy or two that you're hearing maybe some hesitation, whether you agree with it or not? The one that I've heard hesitation for is Zach Benson, and I definitely don't agree with that one. I think part of the issue is he's not a big guy, and he doesn't. Can't really use the size because he's only 5'10". Um, I did hit in my mock draft. I believe it, I put him at 12. And I think he's a, a top six, top seven prospect. I just think the talent's there. Um, the, the playmaking's there. The speed's there. He's got all that going for him. It's just, you know, again, he's not a big guy. The one, though, and this might feel like a cop-out. Bedard's but, not a big guy. Uh, <laughs> and also Bedard. I, I, I ran the numbers. I believe he's also one of the most physical first overall picks that we've actually seen in like a decade. Really? He throws more hits per game than Jura Slavkoski did last year. Slavkowski was like 230 pounds and 6'4". Monster. Yeah, so he's a big guy. So for Bedard to do that, it was such an underrated thing, and he really kind of showed that at those two world juniors, where he's like, he's not afraid of anybody out there. But the one that's getting a lot of attention right now, in in, in a positive way, and this feels like maybe a bit of a cop-out, would be Matthew Mishkoff. And the reason why that's a cop-out is because obviously he's a top prospect, but NHL teams where he's got a shot to go have started to finally get the chance to meet with him in person. And it's been through a translator, so there's been that. But all the reports that I've heard um, going around is every team that's talked to him has been pretty happy. And, you know, there were some making jokes. It's like, is it the translator just saying what he, he's <laughs> – just, just following a couple lines? It's not like the agent hired shit. the translator it, it, it knows ex- exactly what the teams want to say? Exactly. So there's still a lot of questions about when he's coming back. But, like, to me, like, if you want a guy who's going to be a game changer and, and you don't get Bedard – that's what he's going to Chicago. Like Mitchkoff's a no-brainer to me, so I think that the fact is that there's less concerns I think from the teams in the Mitchkoff running. Now the question is, will teams straight up again?
1: Well, and, and 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 you know what we're we're going to talk about this. Pat Gregoire is coming on from Coolbent. We're going to be looking at some of the odds right now for a second, third, fourth overall pick, those sort of things. I have a feeling, and we have not heard a lot about San Jose. San Jose is going to be on the clock at four, and assuming that Columbus takes Will Smith or Leo Carlson. And that's the center position. And one of those guys will be there. I just have to think, they're looking to trade in Carlson. <clears throat> they are absolutely in rebuild mode right now. I think they've got the time to move on. I'm not sure there's a player that could change a franchise more than Mitch Coff. And I'm kind of leaning on the Sharks, maybe to be a team that might be that group that surprises folks. Mike Greer... Not out there very much. That's a market, away away. They don't get a ton of the attention. They'd get a lot of it if they picked the Russian in four.
4: For sure. And, you know, there will be some people who don't find that to be the popular pick. But, you know, for a guy, like with Greer, he's he just started his job last year. So he's in the early stages. They're going to give him leeway. And I'm assuming they've talked to man, the management and said, like, here's what's on, on tap for us here. This could be, like, the best player we've ever had <laughs> And like, you know, they've had Joe Thorne, they've had Marlowe, they've had these high picks before. So we know that they know the talent, but throwing a guy like this who can be a game changer, San Jose makes a lot of sense. Now, my question is, again, will a team make a good offer? If Washington or, or Philadelphia are making those offers, the ones I'd be expecting to do it. And we have heard the Montreal Canadiens might not pick fifth. <coughs> so that would be interesting. Um, and, and that could also come down to maybe they believe Mitch Cuff will fall. Um, so there's a lot of teams that should be going for him. And I think that's just, like, if you're the Sharks, it makes sense. Because by the time that he's ready to come over, that's when the Sharks are finally starting to be able to contend. So I like the idea of that, of him going there. It's just whether or not they trade that pick or not.
1: Um, the Habs are really interesting. They just traded 31 and 37 for Alex Newhook. Of course, they were long-rumored to be in on PLD. And we never really got the sense that the fifth pick overall was sort of in the draft. I mean, we had a why not question of the day here at one point on the show, um, you know, if the Jets were trading Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Habs offered the fifth pick straight up, do you do it? And I think the majority of people said, you know, hell yes. I mean, it sort of would be that, you know, some short-term pain for potentially long-term gain. But considering that tree dating back to the line-A trade, which is really that asset turned around, I think people would get behind it. It didn't sound like there was the... Interest of Montreal to do that. And yet now we're hearing that Montreal might not be picking at five. I'd imagine this would be moving down slightly because the guys that they really like either are going to be gone when they're at
4: five or will still be there if they're at eight or nine or 10. Yeah, if I'm guessing, it'd be, it'd be Philadelphia and Washington are the two teams I'd be looking at for that specific situation there. You know, when you when you look at the, the Canadians, it's it, Pierre-Luc Dubois, they could probably get next summer. Like, the, the, if the rumors are true and that's where he really wants to be, why trade for him? Just get him when he becomes... Yeah, well, guess player. what?
1: That ship has sailed. Chris Johnson reporting right now that it's a sign and trade and Dubois getting 8.5 on an eight-year extension Ooh. with the Los Angeles Kings. So... uh there's going to be a lot of Jet fans getting back at all the Habs fans that have been in their mentions that have been saying, "You guys are screwed."
4: He's coming to us for free next year. Uh, it doesn't look like that's happening. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> interesting. You know, for the Kings, that makes a lot of sense. So to, to get a guy like that, like that's the- think about their center ice oh, position yeah.
1: right now. You've got Kopitar, Dano, who is, I mean, as good of a shutdown uh, guy that you'll see in the National Hockey League, and now Dubois as well. I mean, if you are, and there are a lot of general managers, and frankly, it's hard to disagree that you can really build a team around a very strong center ice position. Um, they've done well, although, I mean, the price of Gabriel Villardi, Alex Iafalo, reportedly Rasmus Campari as well, who was a 2018 yep. first rounder that just hasn't really clicked there. Um, a significant haul for Winnipeg, especially considering the situation that Kevin cheveldale has been put in.
4: Absolutely. And, you know, like, also to throw and go back to the L.A. center, like Quinton Byfield is <laughs> also a centerman who could play a wing. So he's he probably play. on the wing now. But, those at this three point, guys yeah, are there. At this point, he's not playing center. But, uh, yeah, geez, like, that's... Like, I was high on Kapari. On, on I, was, I was high on a few of those guys. And for, you know, a new opportunity to go out there and thrive. The thing with the Kings was they were looking long-term, and I think they got... C- good quicker than they were expecting, or at least most people were expecting. And a lot of these young prospects that were coming through kind of just lost their opportunities.
1: Um, Steven Ellis from a daily face is with us. You can know, uh, what is it at S Ellis hockey, It is. Uh, you know, give him a follow and check out his work at, uh, at DFO. Listen, I, we don't really need to spend much time talking about Connor Bedard because we spent an entire season talking about him. He's going to the Blackhawks. He's going to have some company now with Taylor Hall heading over there. The draft really does start at two. And, you know, I I remember last week, and obviously I loved looking at odds and making bets and whatnot, and the NBA draft odds on draft day were fascinating. I did the lock shop at 11 in the morning, and Brandon Miller was plus 240 to go second overall. By the time we got to the afternoon, was minus 160 it went back and forth and again a lot of this you know leans on reports from a woge or a shams uh the reason i bring this up is that there's been a little bit of movement with the fantilli odds he was as high as almost minus 700 it's now minus 500 still a strong strong favorite but maybe not as strong as he was before um Is this a no-brainer pick for the Anaheim Ducks, do you think, with Fantilli going number two? I'd
4: be questioning their scouting staff if they don't pick Fantilli. Um, But at the same time, like, I can tell you that there is definitely a lot of people that think Carlson is the guy. I don't agree. I think just what we saw from Fantilli, like, just from his freshman season there, like... If if he was to go back to college, and there's still the potential for that, I do expect after he gets drafted, we will hear what he does. Um, I I think that just, like, for Anaheim, you got to pick a guy like that who could be so dominant. you got to pick best player available. There are a lot of scouts that don't have Carlson as a top five prospect. Everyone's got Fantelli at number two and three. Now, teams will see different things about him, but for me, it's got to be Fantelli. You don't get, like, beating up on college kids is one thing, but then he played really well against men at the World Championship. He's got all the tools to be a high-end, you know, pro hockey player. I have no question in my mind that he's like the sure thing. And he should be the number two pick for the Anaheim um, Ducks.
1: You know, we've talked about Mitch Koff, and he's a very unique situation. I mean, <laughs> talent wise probably could be right there. Is Fantilli all things being equal. Um, you know, Mitch Koff's here, Mitch Koff's North American, the same
4: player is Fantilli still your number two. He is. Cause he's a more well-rounded player. From a skill perspective, you're not going to get Mchedkov to be playing defense. Fantilli is much better playing defense. If you have Mchedkov out there, it's because he puts pucks in the net, and that's what you care for him to do. That's what knocks him down. Because I know some scouts have him outside top three, top four. I, I, it to me, that's very close. Those two are very close. It could go either way, and I'd be okay with it. I, I almost put Mchedkov number two in my rankings, but it's just you know I think it's the versatility that we see in Fantilli's game stands up. Stephen Ellis with us from Daily Faceoff, getting ready for tomorrow's first round of the draft.
1: All right, let's assume that Fantilli's off the board to the Anaheim Ducks. Columbus, Yarmos has got balls. I mean, he. everyone thought that Jesse Pugliarvi was a lock at number three. He goes in and grabs Pierre-Luc Dubois, and that pick looks pretty good in retrospect. Oh, there's some other guys, like a Hart finalist in Matthew Kachuk, that's mm-hmm. probably having a lot of people mm-hmm. kicking. At least he <laughs> wasn't the Canucks who took Ole Um, Tell us about the pros and cons, from Carlson to Will Smith and... The decision between two centers, if that's the way they're going, that Columbus will have to make.
4: Carlson's got the physical, like he's six foot three. He's got the ability to play a physical game. He's got the size to really dominate. Uh, Very good hockey sense. Great shot. It's like he's like a modern day, like him being as talented as he is at six foot three is, I think, a huge benefit to his game. Um, You know, uh, he's really good in front of the net. There's not a like, there's hard to find kind of when, Thing you could take out of it and say that's not great. With Will Smith, he's probably the prospect I watch the most this year. So I, I, I'm a fan of his game. I like what he does. My issue is there's a lot of times where where I why I have Carlson there is the effort always isn't, isn't always there. There's enough games this year where in the first half I'm like I have not seen Will Smith do anything. Then he go ahead and score a hat trick on his next three shots, and everyone looks like what the heck just happened. <laughs> but so he does that. Um, but I, I think if, if you're the Blue Jackets, you've got this guy who could be your number one center very quickly, um, as early as maybe next season. Uh, a guy that who's got that you're not drafting for the short term you're looking for who's going to be hopefully your number one center long term and i just think carlson's just built ready to go for the nhl will smith i want to see him add a bit more strength i want to see him do things like that make less mistakes but also the thing about will smith is he's got two of the best linemates you could possibly ask for on that he's played with all year long all last year and they're going to be going to college together to me i would like to see what he could do more on his own as opposed to having these teammates that he can also just rely on. While Carlson, you know, watching him at Swift Sweden, the World Championship really opened my eyes. It's like, this guy could play with anybody in any situation. I I just like the versatility there.
1: Uh, While we're talking about Will Smith, let's get into this class from the U.S. National Development Program. It was light last year, far from it this year. Um, You've got Ryan Leonard at seven. And Oliver Moore is interesting. His over-under, and we're going to talk about this with Pat in a minute, is 14 and a half. And I've seen some mocks that actually have Moore going to the Winnipeg Jets at 18. Uh, is this a guy that you're higher than most? Um, specifically tell us about Moore, um, because Leonard was part of that big line. Moore wasn't um what is that prospect and and if he was available
4: at 18 would the jets be running to the podium to call his name yes uh i think also a lot of teams would be scratching their heads as to how that happened um let's just say this about more i i i asked about i think it was eight or nine scouts specifically like if you could take anybody on the u.s national development team who is your first pick the majority of them said Oliver Moore ahead of Will Smith. And part of that is there's still some untapped potential. He put up 70-something points on the second line for the U.S. National Development Team, played a bit on the third line. Like, nobody was within, like, 30 points of him behind that. He was driving so much of that. He's the fastest skater in the draft. When I asked the scout racing, like, what's your best comparable for him? They gave Max Verstappen in the Formula One driver because he's just straight line, incredible speed. Like, the fastest skater we've seen in this draft, maybe or in the draft since Jack Hughes. Um, it, it's, the, you know, just making those playmaking decisions, the work ethic. Whenever I'd ask the the coaching staff for the U.S. National Development Team, like, hey, your top line is great. And they'd be like, yeah, Oliver Moore is also incredible. Like, Oliver Moore always was put into the conversation no matter what. So if he's available there, Winnipeg, yes. Uh, I just say a lot of the people that I've talked to really think that he could be top 10 and should be top 10 and maybe even ahead of Ryan Leonard, depending on who you ask
1: well, uh, I guess there's always the potential that the Jets will make one of the other trades that you know could happen and could get back into the first round. But at this point, we're expecting Winnipeg to pick at 18th, barring any sort of a move. Um, I know on your prospect list, Sam Horonzek from uh, left winger from the Vancouver Giants was at number 18. Have you done the mock yet? Yes. Okay, who went to Winnipeg? And, and give us just some ideas about some of the the players and the options that, in your mind, Winnipeg might have and, um, you know, the pros and cons.
4: I actually, I, 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 I'm trying to check my internet to see. It. I forgot who I put there. But I know Gabe Perot's around there, that range. He'll be one to watch. Just the way that he scores goals is good. Uh, Samuel Hansek's one that I'm, I'm not as high on a lot, of, like maybe some other people. Some think he's top 10. I don't know if I agree there. Kobe Barlow is one of the best shooters in this draft. And I think at the U18s, what we really saw was not the offensive side of things, but it was the two-way play that I don't think was always there because, you know, in sound, he was having to play a lot of, of the stuff there. Uh, another one to watch out would be uh, Matthew Wood. I think he'll go, I, I think he's a top 12 prospect. Um, this is a guy that, like, grew up with Connor Bedard, uh, played with quality competition, plays a game a lot like Evgeny Malkin, I kind of say. Not not as good, obviously, but, he like, he, he's got the value there. Like, you, if you like what you see in Malkin, you're going to like uh, watching in Matt Wood. Um, and then it'll be also interesting to see if they pick a defenseman, um, because you know the defensemen are kind of all over the place. But I wouldn't be surprised if Axel Sandy Pelica, for example, fell there. And then that would be a guy you'd watch, uh, you'd look for, because he's a good two way player, that just two way defenseman that can rush the puck, and I think has just gotten so much better over the year. So there's a lot of good options. I think also the, the thing to keep in mind about this draft is, you know, the top. Top five of the top five. They're, they're very good. The difference between, let's say, like eighth and, like, 21st is not much different. So you can kind of get any of those guys that I got, like, in my rankings, and you'll be pretty happy. The one player that I definitely am higher on than most people is Andrew Kristol. And I think that he's got to be one of the most talented players I've seen in this draft. Like, just the pure skill, watch him just pull off these incredible goals. The issue is he might also be the worst skater in the draft. Now, with the right coaching, you can fix that. Um, so I'm not too concerned. But... And he's also 5'8". So they said about Mark Stone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, no, oh, Mark Stone also wasn't 5'8". <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. True. So, so you've got the two things going against him. But, like, when, like, asking Bedard, like, who he thinks is the most underrated player in the draft. And Kristol, like, instantly mm-hmm. is the name he picks. Because, like, and they're good friends. But part of it is because, like, that's one of the few guys that can really compete with Bedard in the skill level department. Uh, let me just quickly ask you. Um, we've talked about Zach Benson.
1: Uh, Nate Danielson. Played for the Wheaties down the highway, he has been. <clears throat> he's a top ten pick, and some others drops a little bit more. And another Western League guy that you know I've seen at eighteen, or people thought that Winnipeg might be in Braden Jaeger from uh, from Moose Jaw.
4: Yeah, so Nate Danielson, actually, when I'm done this, I will be finishing my article about him. So uh, the timing kind of works out there. With, with Danielson, it feels like he's, like, the most safe prospect in this in this class. Like, I'm not expecting a huge offensive total, but if he's your, with the way he uses his speed to generate offense, you could throw him in a second or third center position, and he'd be very good. Now, some think that he could go to the wing, um, again, that versatility is really nice, and he's a versatile forward. He does a lot of great things. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, he's 6'1", 180 pounds, and doesn't throw hits. So there's something you look at there. Um, with, with Brady Jaeger and even Riley Height, like two really good friends, those two guys grew up playing together, like either of those guys are very good options there too, They're both skilled playmakers. Um, with Jaeger, it's just kind of like, will the offense follow? And, you know, I, I would have liked to see a bit more from him this year and more consistency. But I, I, I'm a still a believer in those two guys specifically, just having watched them a lot and thinking, you know, there's a ton of talent, playmaking, hockey IQ, all good stuff. It's just, again, none of those guys are really physical, any of those three guys. So it's kind of just like you got to you, you'd kind of want to see them do that a bit more.
1: Steven Ellis, daily face off with this here. Um, just before we go, I know we're focusing on round one is always happens, but once we get to Thursday, um, how would you compare the, the day two talent
4: of this draft to the last number? Day two, you can get a guy like Lucas Dragocevic going, you know, maybe 40th, and he might be the best offensive defenseman in this draft class. Like, there's things like that where this year's depth is just so good. Um, I I still hesitate to use the word elite because we don't have a a number one star goalie. We don't have a number one defenseman that's up like right in the the top of the ranking. So I'm not going to use those words. But the depth is very impressive. We're getting guys who. You know, our super offensive defensemen, creative forwards, some decent goalies that will be going, I think, early on day two. So it's day two is my favorite day. Day one is just, okay. the guys you hear about all the time. Day two is where the fun begins.
1: No doubt about it. Speaking of the fun beginning, uh, I have to ask you, do you and all of the other draft experts all get together, put in your mocks Put throw in a hundred bucks or something like, like basically <laughs> the draft experts version of a fantasy draft where whoever is the best gets a little bit of scratch to blow in Nashville at the end of it all.
4: That's a good idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that one. <laughs> I'll say again, we're having a good time. This is a good It'll time. It'll be the
1: Winnipeg sports talk draft expert invitational Perfect. next year in Vegas. I'm going to put that together. You will get the first invite, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. Fill people in on uh, what you've got going on, obviously, your Twitter at SLS Hockey, but uh, uh, the content at Daily Face off right now
4: and uh, what you'll be uh, working on over the next few days. Well, in the next hour, I'll have a story about Nate Danielson. So if you like the conversation about him, a go. How's that for a tease? Timing's working out. Uh, so a lot of really exciting profiles still to come. I got my mock draft that came out yesterday, which Montreal has ruined today, unfortunately, by making <laughs> that trade. Knew that was going to happen. Uh, the draft rankings and everything like that. And, uh, you know with the draft doesn't end uh, got my 2024 rankings coming out uh, first week of july excellent well uh,
1: listen thanks so much for coming by great to see you say hi to frank and your rem we'll uh, catch up with you guys hopefully later on tonight yeah absolutely thanks a lot steven steven ellis from uh, daily face off with us here on winnipeg sports talk i can just throw those down right there we're gonna get uh gonna talk a little bit more about the draft and uh you know, a few options that are out there when we get over to the uh, the Cool Bet lines. Uh, but listen, before we do that, big shout out to our friends. If only we were here, I would have given Stephen a little brown jug just for coming by, our favorite local beer. Uh, of course, little brown jug available now at the ballpark and at Winnipeg Stadium or IG Field as 1919 and Little Brown Jugs partnered with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, pick that up the hometown concession stands, and the poutineery. Um, if you want, what's Golden Event also coming up uh, Saturdays noon until dusk down at the uh, brewery and tap room on William Avenue. Find out more at littlebrownjug.ca. A big shout-out to our friends over at Aikens Lake as well. If you're looking for a world-class fly-in fishing location where you can be on the water after a short flight in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg, Aikens is that spot. Head out there in about a month. I cannot wait for it. Um, But if you want to find out more on uh, the limited availability left this summer, Get on over to AkinsLake.com, but already booking into 2024. An amazing friends and family trip or corporate outing. Uh, it's all there. Pit terrain, The guys will take great, great care of you. Um, we are going to talk to Pat right away with the Cool Bet Lines. Tomorrow on the Lock Shop, though, Pat and his famous greggy's golf special will be there we got another tournament on the i believe it's the rocket mortgage which dusty pat and i'll be making picks for so check out the lock shop youtube channel also presented by our friends at cool bat and of course all of our golf chats on this program brought to you by our friends at breezy bend what i need to do is need to get pat and dusty out to winnipeg to take them out to breezy certainly have a great time on 1 to 18 and even better at their famous 19th hole on that best patio around. Find out more at breezybend.ca about getting on the waiting list for next year's event. And uh, shout out to the Winnipeg Gold Dice Fish on the Road right now after getting back in the wind column on the weekend with a nice series win against the Gary South Shore Railcats. We'll be following the team on the road this week and then back for another homestand where we'll be sipping a few of those 1919s or generic laggers. Uh, And, of course, we will be doing a WST group night. Stay tuned. As soon as we're back from Nashville and things settle down a little bit, we'll let you know details on the date, how you can get tickets, and come and hang out with us. But, of course, goldeyes.com, group events, sweet nights, and tickets as well. All right. Well, as I mentioned, we just had Stephen Ellis on, and it was a perfect. That was a little bit of prep, if you will, because I've got to bring my guy Pat Gregoire in at Coolbet, of course. Uh, it's not Winnipeg Sports Talk at Nashville at the NHL Draft presented by Coolbet without a visit from P. Greggy. Of course, we've got a lot of interesting draft props available for us right now, and. Pat joins us. Pat, thanks so much for doing this, man. It is great to have you on. And again, thanks again for your support. This has been uh, a huge week. And you came today on what I believe has been a record-breaking Winnipeg Sports Talk edition. Well over a 1,000 people for the most part in the chat today. So uh, your timing was very shrewd. Welcome to the program, my man.
5: And just as I log in, the numbers are probably going to start dwindling. But no, in all, in all seriousness, good reason to be tuning in to you guys. Not only is it draft talk, but man, so much buzz around this Jets team. I was tuning in a little earlier. It basically is what? All but sure that that deal is going to go down. It's just a, a matter of time, but certainly uh, exciting times around the Jets. But ex- ex- exciting times around Cool Bet, man. You mentioned the draft. Um, shout out to our odds makers. They've done an unbelievable job uh, putting together some great odds. You guys uh, down in Nashville, we're excited to be a part of it. And, and it's a, a really awesome time uh, to be a draft fan, which I know if you're a draft fan, why not sprinkle a little money on some of these odds? Well,
1: I- exactly. And, and you know, as we just talked with Steven, I mean, there's absolutely no... Um, <laughs> no drama with uh, who the Hawks are taking at number one. And I would say (laughs) not a ton at number two. Although, as I mentioned to Steven, I was trying to kind of poke him a little bit for a little more information in that, um, you know, (laughs) Adam Fantilli was minus 688 last week. It's minus 500. I think that speaks to some of the other talent in the draft, but some really interesting uh, numbers on the third overall pick, the fourth overall pick and the fifth overall pick. And I'll say this, You know, minus 500 for Fantilli at two, minus 175 for Leo Carlson, Will Smith at plus 300, um, Fantilli at plus 350. Obviously, that's if he's not picked. I think he's an automatic selection at third. Mm -hmm. Mitch Koff at eight to one. And then at fourth, they go Will Smith to the Sharks. The fifth pick, the Habs, who are fascinating right now, I mean, the lowest number on that board is plus 180, which I think shows you how unsure people are of who the Habs will take or if the Habs will even make that pick.
5: Yeah, the Habs certainly interested. Obviously, that that trade that went down today, kind of, I, I was blown away. Uh, don't get me wrong, Alex Newhook, big fan of his game. Uh, I think he's going to be a great player, but a, a pretty steep ask uh for for those picks in in my opinion but i kind of just goes to show you how expensive young talent is in the national hockey league but yeah a lot of really interesting ones something that i think this year and i even heard you say it on the on the lock shop today if mitchcoff was from medicine hat. I think this is not even a question that he's going either two or three. So I think there's a lot of value on him. Mind you, there's a good chance. Maybe he falls right into the laps of the capitals and Alex Ovechkin and finds him his way on the caps. But for me, for a value play, I absolutely think that sprinkling him at plus 400 would be something that I think no doubt is something that you can think of. should think of also his number at uh, under five and a half at plus one thirty five. Um, if you think he's going to go four, you might as well just take the better number a- and go there. And you mentioned about Steve Ellis. Shout out to him. Shout out to all all the the mock drafters and all the hard work that they do put in. Do not go into the NHL draft blind. Do your homework, look up their mocks, but then again, listen and 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 go into this knowing that, again, these are just mock drafts. There's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, things can be thrown in last second. We always hear different rumblings. A lot of the time, sometimes it's GMs throwing out different smoke signals, whatever it is. The reports that you see sometimes are just reports. So use this uh, as something where you sprinkle a couple of bucks here and there. You have fun. Um, it just adds a little more intrigue on mm. draft night. But if you feel like there is some value, which obviously you and I believe that Mitch at four is some value there. No doubt. That is something that you can sprinkle on, but then maybe you decide to to hedge. Uh, and right now, I, I don't know if uh, yesterday when, when Jake was on these odds were even up and available, but one of my favorite ones are the first four picks Exact order. Um, Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson, and Will Smith to go in that exact order plus one ten. So maybe as a little bit of a hedge, if you are thinking of throwing a couple of nukes here and there on a couple of long bomb picks, maybe hedge your bet and put a little bit down, maybe a unit, a unit and a half or two units uh on that first pick to go. Because if things kind of go chalky. And you don't expect something crazy to happen or sorry, something crazy doesn't happen, maybe that we do expect to happen, you have that backup plan. Uh, And again, obviously, just a source of entertainment, it is something that I do not suggest. Hammering on like maybe a a Sunday night football game or a CFL game. There's a lot of chance that goes into this and a lot of unknowns and uncertainty. So this is probably not one where I'd be really throwing down. No, I
1: it, it is really fun. I mean that is something you know we kicked around a little bit with Dusty and made a few of our picks. I still think and. Steven agrees with me that Zach Benson, our guy from the Winnipeg ice is being criminally underrated and it just takes one team to pick him where he deserves to be. That is in the top eight. That's plus 200. I already got on that before I left. Um, And we'll probably have a few last minute ones tomorrow and an update uh, tomorrow. The one other thing, and again, we won't go through all these, but over under props for a ton of the first round and adding more as we get closer, Pat, to, uh, to the first pick going off the board tomorrow. So, For folks, you know, I know there's some people that, you know, maybe focus on a couple teams or one player that they're really hoping that the Jets or their favorite team takes. You can go to Cool Bet and check out where that number is and, uh, you know, hit it on either side, and you'll have a little something more to cheer for as we're hearing the names go off the board tomorrow night here in Music City.
5: Well, I couldn't leave WST without uh, giving Zach Benson a, a shout out as my best bet. And it's not just because I'm on the program trying to, to cater to the crowd, maybe a little bit, but I think that's great value at under eight and a half. Like this guy is no doubt a top six, seven draft pick, uh, or I shouldn't say draft pick, but prospect in this. Like he really is outside of almost like first four five players. He's like just a little bit under these guys like he's just that next there and and again i know like 3 4 years ago like size didn't like you started to see a lot of these picks not really care about size and speed now the narrative's kind of shifting back and now all the scouts and all the gms they want to add size they want to add those players that you know have the quote unquote grit but at the end of the day Connor Bedard's not the biggest guy in the world. And you don't see the Blackhawks maybe docking some points there. And yes, Benson and Bedard certainly on two different levels there but I just think that the teams that are picking up near the top can't be so picky. If there's a player that has that elite talent like Benson, I think you have to go out and take them. And, and I, I do think that there's no doubt that that's an opportunity for a lot of these teams near the top at eight. Like, I just don't see it happening. When you look at his odds, um, you know, to be a top 10 draft pick, I believe where is he listed right now? Minus 400. So is he really going to drop out of that, that top 10? The odds makers certainly don't think so. So that then means that if it's that certain that he's going to be a top 10 pick, but it also is pretty certain that he's going to be nine or 10, I'll take my chances and and take him under eight and a half. No doubt, just by logic at that point. I think he's a really special talent. I really like that. And on that note, talking about fun bets, Homer bets. Well, Uh, Over 11.5 CHL players in the first round, minus 145. This one, though, I think it's going to be a sweat. I think we're going to see a heavy dose of American's Um, we're going to see some European players that don't play in the CHL at the start. But once you hit about the halfway through the first round, I think it's going to be a snowballing effect of all these other CHL players coming off the board. And I think that's why it's going to make it an even more entertaining bet because that second half of the first round, I think it's going to be loaded with Canadian junior talent.
1: No, you were uh, bang on on that. And, you know, and just looking at Steven's list, I mean, uh, he's got Zach Benson as the number six prospect. And then, a lot of particularly Western Hockey League talent Big year for the WHL in that bottom oh, yeah. half of the draft. And, you know, as I tell people, I've had a lot of people hitting me on Twitter asking about, you know, some of the, uh, what we're hearing about the draft and odds. Um, you got to get there and things will change. I mean, like we saw in the NBA draft last week, it just takes an insider to drop a <laughs> nugget one way or the other and watch things go. So uh, get over to Cool Bat right now, check out all the markets for the draft tomorrow. And uh, Pat, I'll look forward to, Talking to you about both this and the Rocket Mortgage, with Dusty. Uh, shout out to Brian Harmon, by the way, for that top ten. Uh, made it a little easier to get on that plane and then miss out on being able to drop it myself this week. <laughs>
5: Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to the Rocket Mortgage. Let, let's not forget who was in contention last year. Our guy, Taylor Pendrith in the last group with Tony Finau. So obviously a lot of excitement for you and I being to- big Tony guys, but also Pendy. Actually, Tony Finau is 14 to one. He is the leader here. He's a guy we talked about last week. I was kind of thinking about betting on. I don't love betting on the, you know, outright favorites normally, but at 14 to one, I think for that's sure. something that's what's Ricky stomach, but He's a he's a guy, yeah. Ricky too. Like these are two guys that I think that they. I mean, Ricky's been unbelievable. But Finau, he hasn't been so hot as of late. He's a guy that's going to have to start to get going. And last year, this is where he went back to back victories in the middle of the season, kind of uh, you know leading up to to the. I shouldn't say middle, but near the tail end of the season, leading into the playoffs. Like he's got to get hot. So I think he's a guy that maybe if I don't go winner, maybe it's a top 10, maybe it's a top five, but he's going to be on my card somewhere. Eats up uh, these fields. Sure. You know, he's
1: going to be on mine, Pat. Uh, once again, uh, thank you and cool Bed for making this week possible and some of our biggest shows ever a record breaking one today. And not, uh, I've noticed that since you've been on here, female viewership has gone through the roof looking like a million U.S. tax free <laughs> as always talk to you tomorrow in the lock shop, my friend. Thanks for doing this.
5: Take care, guys. Uh, Enjoy Nash Vegas. She's a good one. (laughs) Right on.
1: There is Pat Gregoire. You can give him a follow on Twitter at pgreggy and join myself, Dustin Nielsen, and Pat for a special edition of the Lock Shop. Tomorrow we'll hit the golf and we will also make some, uh, take a final look at NHL draft odds for tomorrow. All right. We got to get Remus back in here. I mean, he's been killing it today putting on the show and uh, monitoring everything else but still have to say well over 900 people in the chat right now welcome to everyone for one of our biggest shows ever Uh, and if you haven't already hit that red subscribe button and make sure to uh, find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts put in Winnipeg Sports Talk hit that subscribe button and uh, it looks like the PLD domino is just about officially to fall. Uh, but there's lots more around the Winnipeg Jets that we'll be hitting every day for the rest of the next couple days here in Nashville and throughout the summer here on Winnipeg Sports Talk and throughout the season of which we just got the schedule as well. Um, just before we uh, I do want to give a shout out to our friends at Cineboy Downs tonight. Um, You know, we sort of threw some darts yesterday on our picks. Normally, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we are making wagers. You might have to double it up or do it later on, but if you're looking for a great night out tonight or tomorrow, get on over to Assiniboia Downs. Free admission, free parking. The X is done now, so you don't have to deal with everything else out there on that side of the city, Uh, and you can always make an appointment for that world-class prime rib buffet. Darren Dunn's always talking about 885-3330 for reservations. Post time tonight is 7:30 p.m. Um, all right, let's get Reem back in here. Uh, this has been uh, this has been a memorable show, uh, a memorable trip so far. As I said, I know they haven't made it official, but the fact that this got done just before we came on was uh, was perfect. Uh, Dubois drama has been big. We're In fact, we may have to have a moment of silence that this is done because I'm not sure that there's been an ongoing storyline around this hockey team that's been better for us and people finding Winnipeg sports talk than the Pierre-Luc Dubois saga. Yeah,
2: this has been so amazing how many people have shown up. We had 1,100 in chat earlier, over 430 likes, 900 people right now. Uh, Thank you everyone who's tuned in and hung around. We're waiting for this trade to become official. Have we ever
1: got to 500 likes on a show? If you're with us right now, let's see if we can set a record. Hit that thumbs up button um, and uh, get to 500. That would be a big, uh, we've already hit a milestone of
2: viewers, but uh, would really appreciate those thumbs up. The subs, the subscriptions on YouTube, we're marching towards 10K. uh, Very close. So help us out and I don't know, people are asking if we're going to go live tonight. I don't think we're going to go live, but I wouldn't anticipate if any you know, news breaks, especially throughout the week, we'll throw in an uh, additional video. So hit the subscribe button, the notification bell, and it will tell you when uh, new stuff uh, from us comes out. This if we is go a-
1: live tonight, it'll be following Remus on a scooter tour of downtown Nashville. The big scooter guy. In fact, I should tweet that out later
0: on. You gotta tweet great, out the yeah. Great,
2: great, great video. So the, I mean they have here in Nashville, like you walk around and people just these like scooters that are I don't know, they just leave them around and you get the app. So I got the Lime app and I saw a <laughs> scooter. I had to, you know, we're going home after dinner. I was like, hey let me just hop on this. He is in a hurry. I see all these uh <laughs> all these scooters. Um, Sorry, all these people in Winnipeg, you know, s- electric scootering now, it's a big thing, and I had to do it. And so, yeah, well, tweet out that video, with us. Uh, <laughs> follow us, Winnipeg Sports Talk, or Sports Talk, WPG on Twitter, Instagram. We had some good stuff yesterday, uh, you know, yesterday, too, from we we're checking out the awards, which we didn't really touch on. I mean, a lot of stuff. They have bands downtown. Um you can really tell the NHL has taken over uh Nashville for this week. The the only
1: thing that people were talking about last night after the awards was not, you know, uh Maddie Beneers winning the you know winning the Calder trophy or you know the, the Vesna. It was only about who was the guy that voted Connor McDavid fifth. <laughs> yes,
2: I, I actually agree because I think a lot of it was there wasn't there wasn't any Like, uh, you know, speculate, there wasn't any like doubt on who was going to be some of these winners. Like, we all knew it was going to be McDavid. Uh, Eric Carlson, you knew he was going to win. You know, Connor Hallebuck was up for the Vesna, but it was pretty clear Linus Allmark was going to win. So, you, I mean, all the awards had already been pretty much decided. So, when someone, you know, has Connor McDavid fifth on their ballot, and I think you could make an argument. That David Pasternak was the guy for Boston, or he had Jason Robertson higher. you could, or you know Linus Allmark, like whoever you could make an argument. But for to have McDavid, uh, fifth, um, I like Seth. We've had him on the show, so I don't want to say anything about. But um, I don't agree with with that belt. pretty clear. <laughs> it's pretty clear it was McDavid. But when there's one guy out of what was 196 total. Um, I think that raised some, I always
1: wanted to be that guy, although it did rob him of a unanimous. And I mean, that is one of the mm -hmm. ways people will remember the,
2: the great ones. Did Sid ever win a a unanimous one? Maybe he was Uh, trying to, the one that, um, that I can compare to is like Ken Griffey Jr. Going into the baseball hall of fame. I think there was like one guy or someone said, Derek Jeter, you know, going into the hall of fame. There's maybe one guy who says, no, you're not going to be a unanimous choice. Um, Unfortunate for him. I mean, he still gets the MVP. He's won three of them. Pretty incredible. But yeah, that was the big story. Uh, that was the big. I Maybe mean, maddie You know, Maddie Bruneers in. Shout out to uh, we hadn't really him. Josh Morrissey was like fifth. Yes. In Norris voting. Oh. So, I mean, what a season it was for him. Friend
1: of the show, Josh Morrissey. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, what a season season it was. And oh, you know, uh, shout out to the chat. M um, C Stormy came in and said. Our record for number of likes, 525. Well, here are 525 oh. likes we got right it. now. Uh, oh, my God. Thank you, everyone. Absolutely we asked. Incredible. You all delivered. Absolutely. Um, this has been uh,
1: an awesome show.
2: Yeah. Shout out to the chat. There it is.
1: <laughs> Way to go. There. Way to go, WS tiers. Uh And really, we're just getting going. Tomorrow uh, is going to be uh, a, a real fun show. Uh, we'll be getting ready for... We'll, we'll we'll have reaction. Presumably, this deal is official by then. And uh, we'll be stiffing around with some folks trying to get a few. I think Wishinski's going to come on tomorrow. He said that he We're would, expecting yeah. Marat. Rennie yeah. as well is here. Now, Rennie's running around, you know, hooking up with GMs from around the league at their availabilities today for Sportsnet. So we couldn't have him on. But we'll certainly get Rennie on. And then tomorrow night... I mean, we're not going to do a straight stream. The Illegal Curve guys are, though. Uh, and I think what we'll probably do is that they want us to come on, so we'll probably join them from uh, from the draft early on in their program. And then as we go through the night, uh, we'll look forward to uh, having the uh, Winnipeg Jets' first pick. Who knows? Maybe they're getting back into the first round. Maybe there'll be a couple. Find that out tomorrow. Uh, we'll do that. We will hear at some point, and we'll get reaction from Kevin Cheveldayoff on everything happening around here. And we will put a bunch of that content up on the YouTube channel. So another reason to subscribe to the YouTube channel and maybe turn the notifications on. Listen, if something breaks, like there's a crazy Hellebuck deal or Mark Scheifele or something like that, there's always the possibility we will go live. So stay tuned. Uh, And, of course, all of our social channels at Sports Talk WPG um, for
2: that. Hey, Rui, before we go, can we just take a quick look at this schedule? Yeah, I do have it out. And, hey, someone just texted me. You know, we've talked. I do want to give – before we get to the Jets, I do want to give a shout-out to – oh, wait, what's going on? I'm getting emails here. Uh, Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, I'm getting – so the NHL, listen to this. On October 24, they did something crazy where they staggered games 15 to 20 minutes apart, 16 games starting from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. So there's a game at, at five, five thirty, these are central five forty five, six. Uh we're
1: playing at home against St. Yeah. Louis that
2: night. And yeah.
1: look at it. What is it? A seven forty five?
2: The Jets get a seven forty five start time, uh, because cool. of that. That's and here I'll pull up the chat. There's as,
1: a lot of there's a lot of whining on Twitter, yeah. which frankly that's part of the uh that's what Twitter is for in a lot of cases, but a lot of like, why are all these games starting at the same time? I think that might be an invitation of you at times before yes. that. <laughs> yeah, here.
2: It's so like... they've
1: barely heard, and they're going to do a, a trial run on yeah. the 24th of October. And uh that means the Jets, a little bit of a different start time. 7- Sounds 45 like 45 against the Blues. Why are all these games starting at the same time? Come on, <laughs> NHL, figure it out.
2: It seems like they did figure it out for that October, October 20, we got 24. the new roadcaster
1: version 2 I'm yeah. sure just so well, he could have all these.
2: we, I, we haven't even talked about this in chat and I know I'm going, I'm doing overkill here, but uh, we, have we have a trade, a trade to, to announce. announce. Yes. Yeah. Kevin Weeks is reporting Mackenzie Blackwood to the sharks for a uh, six round pick. Interesting. Mackenzie
1: Blackwood on the way out of New Jersey, although really was an afterthought there. Um, Mm -hmm. He had a nice run beforehand. But you've got Wiedek Vanacek and, of course, Akira Schmid. And we've all heard that New Jersey might be a nice fit for a current former Vesna Trophy winner in Connor Hellebuck with the Winnipeg Jets. So maybe something we'll be paying attention to. Maybe it opens up a little bit of room. Uh, I'll say this. You know, when we were talking to Dave Pagnotta yesterday, who certainly, credit to Dave, um, if you joined us yesterday, certainly nailed the um, pieces from the Los Angeles Kings that looked like we're going to be coming to Winnipeg with Gabriel Velarde and Alex Iafalo. You know, did mention that if there was going to be a New Jersey trade, that Blackwood would have to be coming back. Obviously, he's no longer in the mix right now. So uh, intriguing. Just quickly on the schedule. Uh, As Mike mentioned, home opener on October 11th on the road against the Flames. Sorry, the road opener. Home opener, Paul Maurice in the... I can't believe I'm saying this. The Eastern Division champion. Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Excuse me. Um, On an afternooner, 3 p.m. game against the Panthers. Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Los Angeles Kings home game number two... Balls, get the tribute video ready, and uh, as I said, if Mike's if Mike's suggestion that Blake Wheeler's bought out and does sign with the Florida Panthers to have Wheeler back as a Panther, it'll actually be pretty cool. I know some people have soured on him, but um, did have an incredible run here in Winnipeg, and he will be welcomed, I think, warmly by fans. Uh, and then the Vegas Golden Knights, other home games that month or the Tuesday 7.45 game on that unique day for the NHL on the 24th. And uh, the New York Rangers on the 30th in uh, November, seven home games, a couple more Saturdays, which is nice. A bunch of Saturdays, actually. The Jets, I was always so choked before where they would always have to play like Friday, Sunday. That is not the case this year. Not a lot of Sundays, at least during NFL season, which is good. No home Sunday games, which is great. We still do, just glancing at it. You know, a couple Mondays, there's three Tuesdays in January, which traditionally aren't great nights, uh, but better nights. Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, which I think will be great for uh, for ticket holders. Um, oh, look at this. New Year's Eve game in Minnesota. Home and home on the 30th yeah. and 31st between the Jets oh. and the Wild. 2 p.m. on Saturday the 30th here in the Peg, and then one o'clock in Minnesota on Sunday December 31st. That's interesting and new. Uh, Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Team Dubas comes here Saturday, February the 10th. What are some of the other teams that were interested? I will say
2: I just looked, and the Jets do not play Minnesota in Minnesota on Thanksgiving this year. So, I mean, their record is probably going to be better. Oh, Because that's, that's a scheduled loss usually when the Jets go to Minnesota around Black, Thanksgiving. Black
1: Friday and get murdered.
2: Yeah, no Black Friday. They're playing, in, it looks like, in Florida on Black Friday, Friday, November 24th. Ooh, wouldn't that be a cool... Uh, wouldn't that be a nice little trip for Jets fans? Yeah, uh,
1: just quickly, for those of you that like to road trip to the best spots, early November at Vegas... Thursday, November second, and then against the coyotes on Saturday April or Saturday, November fourth. Uh, in Tampa and Florida on the twenty second and twenty fourth of November, that's that long weekend, or uh, I guess u s. Thanksgiving is the twenty third. That would not be a bad trip to uh, to go. Here in Nashville, coming on the end of that one uh, on the twenty sixth. Um, you've got a California trip in December. The Jets are in Anaheim on the 10th, San Jose on the 12th, and against, uh, in all likelihood, our old buddy PLD and the Kings on the 13th. they um, actually right back to San Jose, Anaheim, and Arizona in early January. Uh, you got the Boston-Toronto, that division, Ottawa-Boston-Toronto, at the end of January. Uh, in February, the team goes to Philly and Pittsburgh. Uh, you got a Vancouver-Calgary weekend, or I guess Saturday, Monday. Uh, and then the month of March, uh, the Eastern road trip, which has often been not very good for the Jets. It certainly wasn't this year. Uh, Columbus, Rangers, Devils, oh. Islanders, Washington, at the end of okay. March and that final road trip, to, um, Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, Colorado through the Central Division in April.
2: So Washington, 1130 a.m. start on Sunday, March 24. How about Saturday, March 23 noon game at the Islanders? So back to back day games there for the Jets. Um, there's only one. See, Vegas, they went to Vegas twice this past season, so Vegas is. They're only going to Vegas. Vegas comes here twice. Vegas comes here twice. Okay.
1: Yeah, Vegas is back here on the twenty-eighth of March yeah. on a homestand that includes Connor McDavid and the Oilers,
2: the Vegas Golden Knights, and the man Ottawa Senators. How about April? This last road trip, Central Division, Minnesota. This April is insane for playoff race. Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, Colorado, and one thing I hated about this year's schedule was the Jets played all their games against Dallas um, at the beginning of the like year. Like in October, and by October <laughs> they it was done, and they never played them again. And I like watching this, you know, that rivalry. And I don't. I think you got to save some of those division games for the end. And it looks like they they did that. Um, you know, with all different Western teams in April. And I th- I'm sure that'll have some playoff implications.
1: Jets are getting, listen, they're playing way more Saturday games, but again, getting sort of bent over by the uh, the broadcasting partner forcing the uh, afternoon games. I have no doubt that that's why the home opener is at 3 p.m. But I think people enjoy that. You know, they can go to the afternoon and then get out a little later on. But you got a 3 p.m. game on Saturday. For the home opener, November 11th, a 3 p.m. game against the Dallas Stars. December 2nd, this is a one that I think will be a hot pick for um, season ticket holders. Chicago Blackhawks, that'll be Connor Bedard's first game in Winnipeg. That's a 2 p.m. game on a Saturday. They do have a, a Saturday night game against the Colorado Avalanche, one against the Coyotes. Minnesota that December game, both those home that home and home on the 30th and 31st, two o'clock game. Um, We do of course the Leafs game is at 6 p.m. Perfect for the uh, for the Eastern time zone. Uh, But Chicago, I was just looking to see when Connor Bedard's here. December 2nd, 2 p.m. and January 11th, 11 p.m. Those are the two visits of the. of Connor Bedard and I guess we'll find out who uh, where Adam Fantilli's going and the rest of uh, the prospects for uh, the draft when uh, we get to it tomorrow.
2: Yeah, we're finally here. It's kind of cool knowing that I'm going to be at the draft for potentially a generational talent, you think Connor McDavid, uh Sidney Crosby. You know, we were watching a special last night on like when LeBron James was drafted and it's amazing how those players I mentioned, there's so much hype going in and they all um, lived up or even exceeded. We'll see if Connor McDavid can deliver uh, some Stanley Cups, but those are a team. Those are team stat uh Stanley Cups, but uh you know sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And I'm excited to see what happens and we're also excited waiting for the reveal of the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. I see people saying stuff in chat. We haven't had we haven't had the full, you know, accurate uh details, so um you know, it's just been speculation at this point, but I'm sure uh, we'll see. We'll be all over it when it occurs.
1: Uh, the Earl of Eli already, already woke up on the... We don't can't have any positivity. It's like, breaking news, Gabe Velarde has requested a trade. Come on, Earl. Be better than that. You got the Willie Jefferson one of one. In the crack pack break a little while ago, you should be, you should have, all people should have a positive outlook on things. Um, anyways, uh, this is pretty exciting. Um, you know, we knew that, um, you know, certainly, and, and I, I judge this by people out of the market, not people in the market, because there's a lot of people, that no matter what Dayoff does, want to crap all over them. There's a lot of people that no matter what happens will say it's great. Uh, the response to this trade from outside of the market um, is that the Winnipeg Jets did a hell of a job in uh, getting what is reported as the return right now. Gabriel Velarde, RFA, four years of team control coming off a breakout season for the Kings last year. Alex, Ale- Alex Iofalo, uh, great two-way player, very strong defensively, top nine midfit, four million a year for the next two years. And reportedly, Rasmus Kapari, 2018 first rounder that has you know done very well even last year in limited time in the American Hockey League uh but you know probably could use a bigger role here in Winnipeg um and again reportedly going the other way Pierre-Luc Dubois Chris Johnson reporting an 8-year extension at 8.5 million dollars on a sign and trade and part of the as Darren Dereger replied the the very very complex trade this might include official word of a Blake Wheeler buyout before the trade becomes official. Uh, But again, we'll be all over that tomorrow on the program. And of course, getting ready for the Jets to pick 18th, unless something else happens before we get to those picks and maybe the Jets move back in. I can't possibly see the Jets moving out of the first round, Uh, but I think considering that Hellebuck and Scheifele still potentially available to other teams, always the possibility that another pick might uh, get onto the table for Mark Hillier and the Winnipeg Jet Scouts. Uh, a heck of a first two days. Uh, yesterday was unbelievable, and this was an all-timer today, Reem. And uh, who knows? Maybe, just maybe, uh, we'll go back-to-back to back tomorrow with another massive show and a record-breaker on Winnipeg Sports Talk.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have uh, full details of this trade by then, maybe even another trade. Um that's you know, what I'm thinking. And the evening we'll have some draft selections made, so there is a lot to unpack here. Um in Nashville. This is uh, super exciting and um very exciting to see so many people who found our channel today and I see that they're all trying to get to the record uh sick what 600 likes in chat. There's over 723 watching. So again, Thank you, everyone. But also hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up. Helps us grow and helps YouTube uh, show more of our content to others. So Yeah, it does uh,
1: help. I mean, it's really simple. You just hit that thing. And uh, as I say, I'm learning more about the algorithm and all this stuff. Usually that's yeah. the CTO's job. But the bottom line is, and I think a lot of people have found us for the first time because of how many of you had already joined us today and how many of you did hit that thumbs up. So thank you very much. We can get it over 600. I think we'll be real happy. And uh, as I say, uh, you can tell your friends about Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you just found out today, we're growing every day, approaching 10,000 subs. And uh, this, for those of you that might not know, we are here Monday to Friday, every day, 1 o'clock p.m. I'm trying to fill that void of our old station that shut down in a bit of a sign of the times. But i tell you what, if we were working for that station, we sure as hell wouldn't be here in Nashville right now. So, uh I think it's working out well for everybody involved. Um, listen, once again, speaking of being here in Nashville, thanks to Pat Gregoire for coming on. And a big thanks to Coolbet for presenting our week of shows here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, one of the biggest weeks for Winnipeg jet fans. We knew we had to be here and a uh, heck of a lot of fun right now. And, uh, we've uh, and now, of course thanks to all of you for the support over 600 likes this is great and uh, this will be one of our biggest shows ever I know a lot of people will be pumping and the great thing is it's not even officially official yet so we get to do this all again tomorrow and again with more breaking yeah. news from around the league Alex Newhook it seems like the Habs moved on after realizing that they weren't getting Pierre-Luc Dubois they got Alex Newhook for the 31st overall pick and the 37th overall pick in the draft He's an RFA, probably come a little cheaper than an eight-year, $8.5 million extension, which is reportedly the number for Pierre-Luc Dubois in Los Angeles. Um, and again, there's still lots of work to do for Kevin Sheveldayoff. Most of the other general managers in the National Hockey League spoke today to Assembled Media. Shavy um, hasn't. Mark Hillier did uh, in between interviews of draft prospects. At some point, we will hear from Chevaldeoff, but... Uh be very interesting to hear the amount of work that took behind the scenes to put this one together. And again, we'll have clarity and when the, once this one is made official. Um, but a few things need to happen salary-wise. And as we mentioned, Chris Johnson reporting that this Kings uh, extension is going to be 8.85. Um, huge thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. But a special thanks, as we mentioned, for myself and Michael to all of you for joining, especially the new folks Hit that red subscribe button and join us tomorrow. One o'clock central, we will be live, but turn those notifications on. You never know when we might have to pop up if more big news happens from uh, Nashville. And in the meantime, check our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for the latest, and uh, we will certainly be firing out some more stuff, including Michael Remus riding one of those scooters in the Nashville night. Uh, Folks, thanks for being here. We're just getting going. Draft day, first round tomorrow, rounds two through seven on Thursday will be live from Nashville at the NHL Draft on Winnipeg Sports Talk presented by Coolbet. Have a great one tonight, and we'll catch you tomorrow right here on WST.
5: Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.